do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Wednesday night. You know what that means. Mark Order Podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network. Right now, it's the two live crew of the Mark Order Podcast. Two for me, two for you. It's Ryan Schlong and Ant Money. Apparently, Kate's running late. Shocker, shocker. Late, Kate. So professional. You know, Tim Roberts is the last professional broadcaster. I think it might be. Too. I don't know. Professional would be here. Kate, who Kate of podcasts. I'm sorry. You think she knew the time it starts? Well, you know, I'm not her manager, so I can't speak to that. Anyway, it's uh, episode 57 of the Mark Order podcast here on a Wednesday night. Uh, we got the chat going. Uh, hello to everybody in the chat. Gordon Post. Look at fucking Tony Z hanging out at 1017 at night when he should be asleep. We sure he's still awake because that was posted before we started. Well, yeah, that's a good point. That is a very good fucking point, Ryan. I yeah. don't know if he's still awake. He very well could have fell asleep at his keyboard because uh, you know he's not using his phone. He is sitting at his computer if he's doing anything be honest i like sitting like i don't like sitting in the chair which is why i'm on my phone a lot but it's it's so much easier to type on a keyboard yeah it absolutely is i prefer typing on a keyboard because my fat fucking fingers a lot of errors with the spelling on the phone oh man uh yeah i don't know uh what's new ryan how you doing I love that we know there's someone else coming, so we're trying to buy a little bit of no, time for her. To- I'm not trying to buy time. Fuck that. No, I just keep getting distracted. I'm good. Um, up and, and look who shows oh, up. Yeah. Speak of the goddamn devil. I told you I was going to be a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me check my text. Uh, okay. Yeah. Be there shortly. Uh, have to take care of Buster. Kate, take care of Buster? Did you kill him? No, the wind almost killed me last time. <laughs> Very nice picture, Ryan. I was, asked, I was asked by Mrs. Money, what is my background? So I had to show off that it is they, the dynamic dudes. I thought you. this was just your thing now, where you just go away for well, it, it does scare me that I'm pretty sure the highest YouTube views we got was the one where my face isn't on. Like, that's kind of insulting. Take a hint, you know? So. I thought this was the moneymaker. Apparently not. No, you know who's the real draw is Sergio. Sergio is here. Sergio! My best friend. Happy smell! 
I feel like Sergio whispers to Ant at night. Definitely. Without a doubt. It's not good to have here at the same desk I work at because there's a lot of times where I'm like, Sergio, you could take care of this problem for me right now, right? <laughs> like you can smash this fucking computer as we speak, right? And Sergio doesn't? How rude. Well, you know, most of the time I think he sleeps during the day. He comes alive at night. What is what is Mystery Men where her dad's in the bowling ball? Oh yeah, that was the Mystery Men. Yeah, you're right. God, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, that was one obscure references. No, I mean, there are still some references there, but that was like one of those movies where it was supposed to be huge, right? Like there was a giant build. It was supposed to be a blockbuster and it tanked. It definitely tanked. And it's gone. But it didn't earn like cult classic because it was it wasn't bad for what it was. No, it wasn't. I I, yeah, it wasn't what they like. It wasn't like a big superhero movie. It was. You know, you had uh, Kel Mitchell in there as uh, the guy who could only be invisible if nobody was looking at him. Right. Which kind of makes sense. And then who wasn't it? uh, Wasn't it uh, Pee Wee Herman who like could fart or something like that? Yes. The spleen. Your background isn't backgroundy enough. We can't see them. (sighs) I know what Kate's getting at. She just wants you to disappear. No, I won't be able to see them. Fine. I see how it is. This is just going to be my gimmick now. We're going to see how long this lasts. I'm fine with it, to be honest. How are you, Ant? Good. Definitely good. And it's baseball season, and it makes me want to go to a baseball game and then an ROH show. So they got to figure stuff out with ROH quickly because I want a road trip really bad. Well, uh, I I agree. Uh, I would love to uh, do a road trip to a baseball and a wrestling show. That will be able to happen if you go to Forbidden Door. I know that much. The White Sox are in town that weekend. It is possible. Everybody, go to my Twitter account. My tips are on. I need money to go. No, 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 no. No. He's hustling. Hell yeah, I'm hustling. Let's go. Hustle on your hustle on your Twitter machine. I did last time I did that. It made two dollars. <laughs> See, there you go. So Venmo made two dollars. All of your loyal fucking fans, two dollars. They fucking rubbed all their nickels together, and that's what they came up with. I appreciate it. It's two dollars more than I would have had, right? Very true. We'll take it. How are you, Mister? Uh, well, uh, I was telling Ryan before the show. I'm uh, I'm in in pain. Kate, I sent you the text message. Uh, I sent you the picture. I, I forgot Ryan was on it because Matt had texted us about something else. And I said, yeah, I can't make it to, uh, you know, Thursday last week. I had a, had a softball game. I'm in the rec league. I'm in a church league, believe it or not. I know you're saying, how is that possible? Uh, the field did not strike uh, fire. Like, no lightning struck the field or anything like that? Well, I'm sure it struck fire when you stepped on the field because you're just like, boom. So let me let me lay this out there. I'm an average at best player. My thing is I can pitch and not a lot of people pitch. So that's always my thing. It's like, oh, I could pitch. You need a pitcher like I'll play for your team, whatever. It just almost guarantees me a shot. But. Uh, I was doing something for uh, Baby Money's Little League, and I 
was asking a couple of people, like, is there a rec league in town? I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. And everybody said no. But one guy said, um, one guy said, oh, I play for a team. So I said, sure. You know, I'd love to play. Uh, and I said, listen, I'm not great. I'm, I'm average and I'm not a, you know, I don't hit for power despite what I look like. I don't hit for power, but I, you know, I'm okay. And I can pitch. And he said, well, we need a pitcher. So that's kind of got me into the team. Did they previously sh- have a belly itcher? Uh, they had some sort of, um, they have some sort of itcher, maybe not a belly itcher. Okay. Because they probably but, wanted a pitcher and not a belly itcher. That's the reason I ask. Very true. So either way, Kate, when I showed up to the field, I saw the guy I knew, you know, I met. And we're walking to the field and he's saying, yeah, this should be fun. We won the championship last year. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That should be fun. And then he said something about he was talking about the, uh, you know, the 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 team in the league, because I was like, yeah, you know, I was asking just do you have a one one count when you step in all this stuff? He's telling me about it. And he then lets me, you know, leads me into, oh, it's a wooden bat league. Hell yes. Well, yes. Hell Woo-hoo. yes. But generally, Kate, that means this is fucking serious. That's like, a very good point. That's a very good point. So I was very fucking nervous. Um, and so, uh, you know, I get out there and it, you could tell there. The funny thing is everybody says, you know, it's laid back, but it's it's sort of competitive. It's very You're goddamn like, competitive. Motherfucker, you got wooden bats. You are a yeah. serious softball league. I'm like, and this you is won serious. The championship. Yeah. And this is competitive. And I think in that moment, I even said, oh, my God, I hope I didn't oversell myself because I'm not that good. <laughs> but. Anyway, I started the game. I pitched. I did okay. And then uh, my first at bat, I was surprised. I actually hit a line drive single. Ryan will be back, by the way, people. He's having camera issues. So um, so I get up. I hit a line drive. Now, I should also preface this, Kate. Leading into this game, I was looking all over my house, trying to uh, find my baseball socks, my sliding shorts, and my pants, because I sort of take it seriously, because if you're going to play, you're going to play, right? So um, I couldn't find any of that stuff, but it came time to leave, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to put on whatever I got. I didn't have sweats, so I just put on shorts, and I got on the field. Well, you know, as you do, you play the game, and you react as you would without any regard for your body. And I... uh after I was, you know, the guy behind me uh, hit a fly ball to the outfield, but it was shallow. So I went halfway. And um, as you're supposed to. Right. I w- oh, my God. Damn it. Oh, my God. If you're not watching this show on YouTube, you are <laughs> fucking up. It does sort of look like he's talking. Oh, my God. So anyway, uh, the guy behind me, Kate, hits a fly ball to shallow center or like left center. And so I go halfway like you're supposed to. And I'm taking a couple extra steps because the the first base coach is even going, he's not going to make it. So I also thought he wasn't going to make it. Well, the dude dove and caught the ball. So now I have to go back to first and I fucking slip. So now I'm up trying to get back to first as fast as I can. And I can hear the ball coming and I slide 
fucking slide feet first and the ball goes out of play anyway. So I'm on second, but (laughs) my entire left uh, shin and side of my calf are fucking road rash right now. Oh, slides in a softball game. Ryan, you react as you would play the game. You don't, you know, you, you fucking play the game to win, man. You get back. It's all about yeah. the game and how you play it. That's right. I, there you I go. I guess I'm just not competitive enough. I wouldn't be sliding. Well, either way, I went. Well, uh, some of us are built different, Ryan. So yeah. Listen, some I'm built to the level where it's really tough to line up the mouth here, but I'm doing my best. Ryan, you are literally a clown. So I wouldn't expect <laughs> you to slide. But I, I uh, when I played softball, did you ever get to the point where you had like the that awesome tan of like high socks, small gap, sliders, shorts, and then No 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 no. There's I no had, gaps. There's no I, gaps. There's when you're a girl and you Not have for sliders. Me. So I would have like the socks and then a gap where my knees are. And then like the slider shorts and the shorts, and then we would have wristbands and then just like farmer's tan t shirt. So I had the weirdest weirdest hands for a lot of my summer what are sliders you know they're like a padded compression short so that when you slide you don't bruise your hip and shit i don't remember them from when i played but i stopped playing right before i got into high school so yeah i usually usually if i'm not wearing the pants i still wear the sliding shorts and long socks so this wouldn't have been an issue did not have them so the funny thing is as i was going out that day i think i even said to like mrs money I really wish I had my socks. I like, I really feel like, you know, I needed these socks tonight and I sure as shit did. It was, it was all fucking bloody the rest of the night at, at the game. And I came home and got in the shower and I almost went through the goddamn ceiling. Oh, and then, um, I, uh, I, you know, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I put some gauze on it and yeah. wrapped it up and it's like I antibacterial stuff you gotta well, spoil the shit out of that well yeah. i made that mistake night one i did not put any sort of gel on it so in the morning when i did go to change the fucking gauze it was stuck uh to my shin and That's that not was fun. no that was another did, did you peroxide it no uh i cleaned it out soap and water i was you know i did a little bit of research and uh they said peroxide was not the way to go, but soap and water fine. So I did it in the shower, soap and water, and then I covered it up. I had some actually like spray, you know, the anti whatever spray. And as soon as I sprayed it on that night before bandaging it, I you can ask Mrs. Money, Kate. I said immediately this was a mistake. I thought I was going to fucking die. Yeah, I don't think I slept more than an hour night one. Oh, no. Did Brandon uh, Cutler come out with the spray? No, I wish he was here. I would have had him spraying my leg all night. But uh, I hear that shit burns when it goes on the cold spray. Well, it's cold. It doesn't burn. It freezes. Well, like if you have like open wounds and stuff, apparently it just burns. Oh, well, of course. That is for Cass from Body Slam telling me this because he tried it on his chop marks. And no, why would you do that? Because Cass is wonderful and an idiot. (laughs) So anyway, I've been in. I've been in some pain this week because uh, 
even though I have been wrapping it and I have been since I have been putting uh, like aquaphor or some sort of Vaseline on it. They said you don't need dude. If I had to use Neosporin, I'd go through a tube a day. That's how big this fucking this this burn is. So it is healing. It's just uh, very goddamn painful because I basically have no skin. When's uh, your next game tomorrow? And I am not playing. And it's a double header because our first game got rained out. So I'm going to be like, sorry, guys, I can't fucking do it. And I might can even you, be out the following week. Can you pitch but not bat or run? No, Kate, <sighs> I swear I can't push off. It's my right leg. I can't push Ooh. off. It really fucking hurts. Fucking and you hell. sit and pitch? How am I going to sit and pitch? I, I don't know. I could underhand it from sitting. Not like not from the rubber. feet. And, yeah, I don't know. I and play softball. that shit, you have to react fielding wise too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's and that's what I said. Mrs. Money said, "Are you gonna play? Just maybe, just pitch, and then like you know, somebody can run for you." And I was like, "I don't know how I'll be able to move if something comes towards me." Like I, yeah, you no, know, that'd be bad. So when when you um go out to the mound, do you come out to here comes the money, 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 money. Wait, for real though, do you get walk up music or no? No, this is if it was gonna be anything, it would probably be church organ. Bro, it's a wooden bat league. That is serious. I'm not playing for the Savannah bananas. So I please, if that was the case, I'd be a season ticket holder. Well I watched a baseball movie because it was on yesterday. What movie? Little Big League was on television. I'm going to tell you, Kate, I know you love that movie. I fucking hate it. I, I will like say it. this. It is perhaps a little long. <laughs> I don't. It is. It is not one of my favorite baseball movies. It, it is inferior to Rookie of the Year. Very okay, true. We couldn't have that debate all day. I feel like every baseball movie is the best baseball movie. Like of of. That like C-rated genre, like your Angels in the Outfields, your Rookie of the Year. I'm not talking Field of Dreams. Whoa, 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 no, no, no. Whoa. no. Okay, hold on. I, this is a question for Doink and for Kate, um, and all of them together. No separating them in any sort of way. Kate, we'll go with you first. What's your Mount Rushmore of baseball movies? Oh, ouch! And I know this is a wrestling podcast, so you know, cool it, people. We'll get there. We got plenty yeah. of time. We've got eight hours to get to the wrestling. Field of Dreams, obviously. Mm-hmm. Little Big League, or not Little Big League. <laughs> no, that doesn't make them out rush more, sadly. Field of Dreams, a league of their own. I feel like Major League is on there. It's your list. I mean, you're telling me. I'm going to say, oh, it's tough. I'm going to say Major League, The Sandlot, a league of their own, and Field of Dreams, I think. Okay, Shlong, what about you? I'm really pissed off that she said my Mount Rushmore. It's <laughs> your exact Mount Rushmore? They're literally, if you're going to ask me the movies that I would watch, like I'm not a big Bull Durham fan. I know people love that. Just never Hate really that did movie. anything for me. Hate it. Field of Dreams is probably the tops to me. I can remember when I was 10 years old, I had a friend over, and Field of Dreams was on TV, and my friend goes, what's this? I've never seen it. And my dad looked at him and goes, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Ryan, be serious. Do you cry when you watch that movie? No. Doesn't get you like that. I haven't seen. I haven't seen it in a while though. Now I'm older and appreciate my dad and all more. So maybe I would sit, cry now. Whereas when you're young, on loop until Ryan cries. Now, now my question is, guys, do you want to know how I got these scars? 
And what's your Mount Rushmore? Yes, 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 yes. I will certainly put Field of Dreams on it. And yes, I do cry when I see it. Thank you. Um, For having a heart. Rookie of the Year. Okay. The Sandlot. Sandlot. And... See, I hate Bull Durham. I'm not a huge fan of... uh, I mean, I I just don't think it's great. I don't put... uh, what was the one you said on there? A League, League of Their, their Own. own. I, I just it, it's good, but it's not great. Clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> You're in the skirt. You're in the skirt. You have to also like I'll, a, I'll wo- put, a women's baseball fan growing up watching that movie was just like the no, I don't I don't have a problem with game. the movie. I just don't put it on my Mount Rushmore. I'll go major league. Major league is certainly top tier for me. Yeah, that's that's like of the comedies i feel like the one that's that gets in there every time now what about major league three back to the minors that doesn't make it but i'll tell you this i do love major league two yeah no I it's major league love two major good. league two major league two is great and i don't remember this from major league three but a hot tip if you are a little big league fan there is a framed lou collins jersey on in somebody's office <laughs> So they kept the baseball universe like all in one, which I respect That's and neat. appreciate. All I think I, I just... remember about that movie is I think the team was the Stingers. Were they the Stingers? Does that sound right? Something like that, yeah. And it was I just uh, remember... Scott Bakula was yeah, like, I remember, the main like, guy. They treated Scott Bakula like he was someone who was in the other movies. And I'm like, you guys realize that he's coming from nowhere. We haven't seen him before. Well, maybe he wasn't, Ryan. Maybe he just le- leapt into one of the the main character's bodies, and we were just waiting for Ziggy to beam him out of there. Now I'm singing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ziggy, if you're out there, can you hear me? You guys have never seen It's Always Sunny when he sings? Yes, I, I have seen It's Always Sunny. I just hope anybody picked up my reference. Yeah, it's quantum. I've gotten okay, very... Perfect. But that yeah. was the joke of It's Always Sunny. Yes, they, I know. Are, and now I'm singing his the song he sung. Yes, your I know. Face I'm with is, you. Your mouth is not in doing Yeah, this is know. just distracting <laughs> so now. Weird. This is, yeah. Um, I will say this. There's a lot of people in the chat. Uh, the first person to bring it up was uh, Mike Peterson. Have How have you all forgotten Mr. Baseball? I love Mr. Baseball. Uh, not for me. Um, it is just not on the Mount Rushmore. Also, uh, Bad News Bears getting no love yes uh i do love the original bad news bears the remake shit um but it was just one of those movies where i didn't always love it like you know when you're a little kid you kind of don't really get a lot of it it's it's sort of slow and boring i have much more appreciation for it now but you know bad news bears falls in the same category and they're not related but you'll see why in a second as apocalypse now to me i saw it when i was sick and now when I see it, I get that same sick feeling. So I can't, I just could never appreciate it. I get that same sick feeling at about 10, 10 every Wednesday night. You bitch. Nobody forces you to be here. <laughs> and, and like, you mean more like 10, 20 your time? Oh, yes. That's Hollywood time. Oh, 10, wow, wow. At least I'm here. That's more than we can say for Matt. You show up in the third and you leave in the sixth. Classic. She's an I LA fan. Till the end. Sometimes. Sometimes, oh, my connection. Oh, my camera. Why did oh. I leave early? I feel like the only time I left early was Matt one time goes, you can leave. And I went, all right. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boss I said I can go down. home early. 
that is buying into a bit that you have to buy into. Thank you. It was committing to the bit, and I got like an extra half hour of sleep that day. Win-win. Totally. But there are no bad baseball movies. All baseball movies are great because baseball Except for is Bull great. Durham. I truly, because I didn't love it probably the first or second times, I don't think I've watched it like as an adult probably ever. So I should and, give it like a... And the a, fan. It was a terrible baseball movie. I don't think I saw it. I don't With Robert De Niro. 3000. Mr. 3000 was not, not great. <laughs> Mr. 3000 was not great in a different way, though. Wait, I have my I actually have one, and I'm forgetting the name of it, and that's a shame because it is one of my favorites. Marky so Brendan Mark, Fraser, what's the name of the, the movie? Marky Mark has it, The Scout. The Scout! Oh, my with, God. Uh, with American Al... Um, shit. Yes. Um, I can't remember his name. Hold on, I'm looking it up. The Scout... Albert Brooks. Uh, Albert Brooks, yes. Albert Brooks is so fucking great, and I do like the Scout. It just doesn't make my top four. Yeah, the reason that it, it's not quite on my Mount Rushmore, but it could be because that was a Comedy Central movie growing up. So I saw that a lot. And then apparently, what's his name? Otani decided to make it reality. So it was like one of these things where he's like the best thought, thing in the world for the Yeah, game. I was like, this is unrealistic. And then all of a sudden, there's a plan for the wrong team. Oh my God. Did for love of the game was very good. Sorry, I'm reading Asian Joe's. How dare you classify Summer Catch as a good baseball movie? Who classified Summer Catch as a good baseball movie? But now I'm mad that he doesn't think it is. It's an excellent movie. It has Jessica Biel in it. It's not a good movie. Listen, it's Jessica Biel. That's all I can remember. Now we know what Ryan looks for. Just Jessica Biel. I also want to clarify about Little Big League. I know it's not a good movie. It's not true. You love it. There's a difference between me loving something and knowing whether or not it's a good movie. <laughs> I enjoy watching it. That does not mean it's a good movie. You know Most what my favorite part? Are not good movies, but I will watch many of them. My favorite part of Little Big League is when they walk to his, Billy Haywood's house at the beginning of the movie. He lives in a nice home, but his grandfather is probably a billionaire. He would piss on Jed Clampett. That's how rich he is. So, like, that's not the house he lives in. Like, come on. Maybe he's a modest billionaire. Yeah, maybe he cuts his own hair and drives a modest car to save his millions. There you go. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Sparks is trying to help us out here. So we've got to really appreciate this. Here's your tie back to wrestling. The baseball nah, for the million dollar arm is also based on Veer Mahan, who finally came. No, that, no, that is a he, good. He came everywhere. We're not talking about Veer. so hard. But it is wrestling related. Million Dollar Arm's not a bad movie, especially if you like the Hamaconda. Guys, guys, guys. Kyle, God bless you. If we were worried about staying on track as a wrestling podcast. It's off the rails we're already. We're 30 minutes in and have yet to talk we about would, wrestling. This, if that was the case, this podcast would be a half hour long. As but we can. Tradition. We can talk about wrestling if you want. Well, actually, I have uh, Mrs. Money. I don't know if you guys know. Uh, she's a huge Tony Nese fan. Huge. I heard that. She is so uh, she is working with Mr. Nice on her health and fitness. What? Yeah, I was like, excuse me. And then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, my trainer sent me a message. And I was like, I need to see it. I want to make sure this whoa, is whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Wait, does he have like a health and fitness thing? Yeah. Yes. She's she's 
on a uh, like a virtual thing with him. Like he sends her a plan and she follows the plan and she's right. you know if he's suggesting a horizontal tango, it's not a dance routine. I'm just letting you know. I said burn so a lot of calories time, though. I said <laughs> I said so next time he comes to uh uh Jersey Pro, you need to certainly say Hey, I see you're going to be in New Jersey. I will also be in New Jersey. There's your in. Now you have an in. I like Which that. I think setting up his wife's rendezvous. He has think, an in. She has an in so Tony Nese can have an in. There it I is. I think that that was the the real reason why this is going on. I think it is, was just it, so that. Do you guys have can... the hall passing? Is like she on like the OK no. list? Is he on the OK? OK, damn. No. Because I would really be encouraging it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, and that, that's funny. It came up. The, we were, we were going to see Fozzie and uh, we were listening to something on the radio and they were talking about, I don't remember what they were talking about. I think it was like something to the effect of like people who got me too'd and who would you be crushed by if your person got me too'd and you really wanted them, wanted to fuck them or something. And that sort of put us into the conversation of who's like on your, your big list. And I, it really took me a long time to, to find people who would be, on like my list of like who oh, would wait. I like to have a, a one night stand with? Not even a who got me too'd and would crush you. It just evolved into who is on your list. And it did take me a while to figure out who was on my list. For your ECW one night stand? I guess. It's tough. There's so many You mean WWE ladies out there that you're like Oh that's the It was if WWE. Talk, if, you're talking about, if you're talking about the one that matters, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope I don't Gina... appreciate this. Hold on. I don't appreciate this Asian joke. Cuck <laughs> money. Get out of here. I I didn't realize that uh I guess Gina has a thing for Anthony's. Yeah, seems Look to be. I All don't right. go by Tony. Maybe I should start going by Tony Maybe and I can get move up on the list. And get two less abs because I think Tony Nice has two less abs than you, I would say. Yeah, I need yeah. to, um, you know, try to up my ab game from one to two, and I think I can get there. As a as a watcher of Dark and Elevation, I, I know you do too. Sometimes, actually, I know you watch when Nisa's on, so you probably heard the commentary we where they were comparing Nisa's at. Where, I don't think it was this week. It might have been like last week where they were comparing Nisa's abs to Jade Cargill's, and they're like, I think he's got a, a, like one less ab than she does. It's yeah. a t- it's steep competition over there. A lot of Tony competition in this house. But yeah, so Mrs. Money's been on the Tony Nice train, the fitness train. Oh, oh. Dang, get it, girl. Yeah, so we'll keep you posted on the progress. So far, so good. I like it. I am not. I she is not showing me the private messages, though, so I'm not. You definitely don't have anything to be concerned about. Not at all. Why no. there's pictures that she's getting? Don't worry about it. Wait, what? What? Do we have rankings this week? Uh... There are rankings, and we'll get there. <laughs> Kate, funny enough, they changed the style, and Ant got excited. Very about excited, it. very excited. They changed the way they do the layouts, and I think now they actually call them power rankings. Okay, we'll get I there. Like we'll get there. First, did you guys uh, did did you guys check out Rampage Friday night? Sure did. Listen, Rampage yes. over the past few weeks. Has been really decent television. Yeah. You know, it's not like crazy good, you know, like some of the dynamites that we've gotten, <clears throat> but it is, it has been much, much better lately. Um, uh, they had the, after the, uh, 
the Forbidden Door announcement, they did have the announcement that Adam Cole would uh, face Tomohiro Ishii in the Owen Hart Cup. Adam Cole wound up moving on, but boy, what a match that was. That uh, was, Ishii, and a protected loss, so it of was course, good. Of course, and Ishii, um, boy, that guy uh, I would not want to fuck around with. He looks like he will hurt you, legitimately. Somehow, like, not that big of a dude, but is the biggest dude in the world at the same time. <laughs> like, that dude is not the largest guy in the company, but every, but he's just an absolute brick house. Really, yeah. really, really fun match. I thought that was. Um, he doesn't have a neck. Yeah, no, he doesn't. No. It's, uh, but I loved that match. I felt like Cole really stepped out of kind of his comfort zone. He kind of had to stylistically, like it was very submission heavy and he just had to work differently than he normally does. And I thought he did a great job telling the story in that match. That was really fun. Agreed with you. These past like few weeks have really gotten cranked up. This was like a little bit of a, I don't want to say down week cause it was still great, but I think it was just like a little less important or something, but, uh, but still a, a great episode of television. It's such an easy hour, easy hour. Go ahead. Who's who pulled this up? I, I, Mrs. Money goes. I usually leave when wrestling talk starts because the likelihood of Mr. Money talking about me goes down significantly. So I just wanted to say we appreciate that. We appreciate you, Mrs. Money, and I will bring you up once every fifteen minutes that you stay. Yeah. So now you have to. I'll hang just on. say Mrs. Money. I won't even give a context. It'll just be like a weird drop we throw in there. I should, we should get some sort of, you know, uh, like a nickel like Danhausen every time the name is said. That's how I make my monies. Your human monies. Uh, we also saw Jer- they were advancing the Jericho story to the match that night. Jericho and the boys couldn't be in the house for the match. So we saw that. Oh, yeah. Happen. Oh, cruise director Mike is here. Can't be in the building. Get out. <laughs> um, also, guys, this was huge news. Fucking Hook finally spoke. He said words. He said he multiple a, words. And a deeper voice than I thought. Way deeper. Wouldn't it have been great, though, if Hook was like, hey, hey you want a match? You've got a match, mister. You know he what I mean? Like, he sounds like Ariana Grande. Yeah, Hi. just soprano. <laughs> hey, guys, we're going to fight. That was such a fun little segment where Danhausen was crushing, you know, his chips. What did he say? Like, ah, is that how you like your magical chips or something? <laughs> but it actually pissed them off. Wait, are you guys team ridges or no ridges? This is very important. De- it depends. It depends. N- normally, no ridges, but Ruffles makes a flavor called All Dressed. That Ooh, is what are they dressed fantastic. with? Don't know. It's something Canadian. It's almost like a barbecue and some other flavors, uh, but it's fantastic. That other than sounds... that, I don't really love ridges. I'm pro ridge. Where do you stand? I mean, you don't get in this shape by actually caring whether it has ridges or not. Right. You gotta have a preference, though. No, it's the flavor that I care about. I don't care whether it has ridges or not. I will say this. If I'm scooping, dip with a a potato chip, you need a ridge. That's what the ridges are for, I think. That's what ridges are for. Structural integrity. It's true. 
Also, um, I was telling Ryan before we got on the air, Kate, it's a pr- it was a proud day uh, as a father in the money house. I was looking on social uh, on, on Instagram or something, and that clip came up in my feed with Danhausen and um, baby money saw it and he thought it was great. And he goes, I said, who is that? He goes, Danhausen, very nice, very evil. Doing something right over doing there. Doing it right. We're doing hey, it right. Hey, Gina. Or Mrs. Money. Sorry, K-Fabe. FMK. Christian, your husband, Tony Nese. I'm Does definitely getting killed. Husband. <laughs> definitely getting killed. <laughs> oh, causing trouble tonight. Oh, boy. I'm getting killed. Anyway, so the, the Hook Danhausen thing took off. Beautiful. Uh, to the next level it was perfect and we found out a little bit later uh what's gonna happen so we'll talk about that later lance archer squash serpentico just getting ready for his match with wardlow tonight uh, and we will certainly talk about that um there was uh a tony nice hype video uh and this is a straight shoot uh we had to rewind the the tape and watch it again <laughs> And I mean, like, 20 <laughs> minutes later, we had to rewind and then go back to live TV. Straight shot. I love no it. Line. Why'd you have to do that? To make sure you caught the nuances of his acting? He was, and I quote, again, a vision in blue. He does look really good in those blue trunks. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and no no asian joe we did not watch in half speed it was just normal speed not together you didn't shut it <laughs> look she, um, didn't, she didn't even try and kill you though not she didn't yet. want to answer you wouldn't participate we uh we oh real will... quick yeah i'm oh, sorry i, I didn't want to go too far when we moved on are you still talking about rampage or have we moved on no, 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 we're still on Rampage. Uh, okay, we keep good, getting sidetracked, was, but, you know. This was a Rampage thing. So Serpentico, I, I tuned into his uh, Twitch feed on uh, Friday, mm-hmm. and he played up the whole time that he had sent Tony Khan a text message asking to get out of the match. And he threw out his entire feed, like, nope, not here. Nope, no. Res-. I just got to give him appreciate. Like, he wouldn't give up the bit that he did not want to fight the murder hawk. He does that all the time, too, like, of trying to get out of. I think it started with Hook. But, like, him sending these text messages is such a funny thing. I love it when wrestlers shit post. I find it very funny. Well, he got the shit kicked out of him against Lance Archer. Um, but, I mean, did we think anything else was going to happen? Dude's no, going to just bump for Lance Archer. And we're can't building. can't always be Fuego. Fuego can only die so many times. Sometimes it's got to be Serpentico. Everybody dies. I just want oh, you to know that there was a time when I was the insufferable one on this podcast. Well, you still are. Congratulations. You're <sighs> slightly, done. slightly behind. Slightly less insufferable. Ever so slightly. That's a t-shirt someday. <laughs> um, uh, We did get Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston. Uh, and the Jericho Appreciation Society was banned from ringside so was eddie kingston's uh crew but uh it was more so to keep things even 
between Eddie and Daniel Garcia. Eddie wound up defeating Daniel Garcia, sending a message to Jericho. By the way, guys, I did read today. They said that the TV version was nine minutes shorter than uh, what happened in reality in Pittsburgh. So that match was edited for time. Uh, I don't I guess whatever happened that they cut out was not, you know, important, but uh, it was edited. I would never have known. So kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah, it must be must have been when they went to picture in picture and then full screen commercial. And they're like, just cut it. Cut it right here. Nobody will care. Good thinking. Uh, Let's see. What else did we get? We got our interview with uh, Keith Lee and Swerve backstage. Um, They were pissed off at at Taz. Uh, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm interviewed backstage and Tony Storm, uh, you know, uh, talked about beating them both in the Owen Hart tournament. Ricky Starks also called him Keenan and Kel, which I thought was very funny. Very true. He did. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Keenan and Kel. Uh, and then we were into our main event, uh, Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir. And Jade Cargill defeated Marina Shafir to retain her championship. She is 30-0, and 0, and they celebrated with the baddies and balloons coming down from the ceiling. Not a lot of balloons. Not a big budget. Not lined party. up properly either. No. no. There was more popcorn wasted than there were balloons, I would say. Very true. Uh, I didn't love that. I didn't love that match at all. It was like, it was, it was fine. Um, I I didn't think it was particularly outstanding or bad one way or the other. Like I thought it was decent, which is better than it being offensively bad. Um, I just don't know what opponent is the right one to pull something more out of Jade. Like she's getting incrementally better, but she was very green to start. So like, yeah something to expedite that would be good but like i think marina is going to be a force to be reckoned with once she's a little bit more settled into her style and an opponent um but i did appreciate that jade is better when she has someone in the ring that she can feel like she can throw around and i felt like she could do that with marina like i think it was a little she's a little less gentle which is very good um so it was it was a good i thought it was a good match i didn't I didn't find anything bad about it. It's just difficult at whatever that is. And at what time would that be? 1050 at night or something on a yeah. Friday is, is kind of rough, but, um, but it, I, I liked it decently enough. It was fine. It doesn't feel like a championshipy, I guess is my only thing. I liked the match. Um, I liked red velvet laid into Marina Shafir when she was doing those, uh, those punches over the, the barricade. I thought that was a real well done spot. Um, listen, I don't think you're, I, I think it's, we're a while off before Jade is delivering classics, but I don't need that from her. That's not who she is. She's so entertaining that if she can deliver matches like this, if you put a story behind these matches, then I will be extremely happy. Like she delivers. Okay. Matches. And if they had a story, they'd mean a hell of a lot more. Um, I like that they put Kiara Hogan and Red Velvet with her, though. Um, that is going to be fun. One, I like that they're using Kiara Hogan because she is really good and she needs to be used. And Red Velvet probably could have was due for switching up the the her attitude. They have a lot of faces. They could use some good mid level heels, and she fits perfectly into that right now. I'm with Kate. I don't know who who pulls the classic out, Jade, but I also now wondering who takes the belt off her. 
Um, you know, is it, is it the new signing we all hope it is, or are they going to put someone they have over? I don't know. Um, could be Statlander and her new gimmick. Who knows? Yeah, I keep saying that if it's in the company already, it's Statlander. If it's out of the company, it's Willow or Athena, I think. Um, so, but I, I, I don't know what more there is left to do in her run. Like, I don't know what there's more for her to prove because she is going to have a while work-wise, right? Like, I, I think she's in a place where she can drop and still be a made star. Um, but I do like Kira and Red Velvet. I wish they would justify why they're suddenly with her. Like, Well, Kira were... doesn't really need justification because she didn't have anything happening. Yeah, Velvet does, though. <laughs> Velvet does. I will say they were trying a slow burn with Velvet, I think. And then I think Jade did the baddie, baddie section, which sped things up. And I think Layla Hirsch going out really sped things up because they lost a heel when they desperately need heels at a certain level. Because if you think about it, their heels are Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Jamie Hayter, Jade Cargill, and Serena then the Bunny. Dean. Well, I for Serena because they haven't put her in there. Serena, and then the Bunny was like your only like mid level heel. And Chris now. Gordon Post brings up a good point here. He said maybe Britt takes it from her, and I kind of thought the same thing. I thought maybe they just use it, you know, with Britt to make it seem super important. I mean, it does seem sort of important with um I think it's Jade it's, having it at 30 and 0 but you know it would go next level if Britt takes it off her. My thing with that is it's a workhorse title in my opinion like it has a bunch of defenses right so having somebody that just went through the entire roster I feel like that might not be great cuz you're just inevitably going to run into matches that you you already have, right? So if they're going to face turn her, that could get interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't hate the idea of her having it. I just feel like when they had such a challenger of the month reign for her, having her go through all the people she just went through is not going to be compelling or effective. I just don't know who you, who you put it on. You know, that's the problem is, you know, unless you're going to do something a little different with it, I just don't know who you put it on. It's just, you know, sort of a title it's, for show right it now. It really does fit that it either should be coming from the outside Athena or Statlander because she has the new attitude. You can justify her now. She always had the skill. Now you can justify that she has the aggression needed, and that's what takes her over the top. Like, I think that you could justify that storyline-wise. Um, of course, outside, it would make Athena if, like, she came in and, and won it. And then she could put on some really good matches with that roster. So you don't actually need a whole lot of story for her because she's kind of the opposite of Jade. Jade needs a story because the matches are just going to be okay. Athena's going to put on really good matches, so you don't need the story as much, which fits the TBS title. Yeah, or or Ruby, or you could give it to Tony Storm, or, um, you know, they, they have options. They need to find the right story to, to make it happen. Like, I think they're setting up Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. I think that's going to be a feud. That looks like it's going to, but that could be for a title. That wouldn't make me upset. Um, but it's just tricky because you have the tournament going on, right? And yeah. then and then a title that feels ready to drop. So, is what yeah. It is. My my only point to some of these names were the fact that I don't believe they're going to do anything with anybody in the tournament beyond the tournament right now. 
So if you would put it on Tony Storm, Tony Storm has to get knocked out of this tournament before she can take this title. They're not going <clears> to <throat> they're not going to do something to derail from the tournament storylines that they're building, you know, between Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. And, you know, we'll talk about that as we get into Dynamite. But, yeah, Friday night show, uh, while it wasn't, you know, uh, you know, like an, an amazing show. The quality has definitely gotten better. Uh, they've been trying to s- fit more into one hour than they have in the past. It used to pretty much just be like three matches, one, two, three, and it's over. Now they're trying to fit in interview segments. They are putting more than three co- uh, fights on a card in the night. Sometimes it feels a little crowded, but they are trying to show you more. So it seems like they're maybe trying to show the casual audience on Friday night more and maybe get them over to TBS on Wednesday night. So they're using it to their advantage. And I think whenever they do those live ones, they have to put on a good show because it's not anchored by anything else, right? So right. I think that's that's super fun. Um, I just hope they get it out of the, the 10 to 11 o'clock slot because that's just going to be, that's going to be hard no matter what they put on there, I think. It was amazing though. So... Uh, I, I, and then this can close us out, but I was watching, uh, obviously I watched Friday night. So, um, we were waiting for it to come on and central intelligence was on, you know, the rock and, uh, Kevin Hart, fantastic movie, but central intelligence is on. And then it goes into rampage and, um, in the front row, somebody, uh, had a sign that said, stay tuned, central intelligence next. And I went and checked my, you know, I went and checked the schedule and it was on after, after fucking rampage. What a great, great sign. Somebody had to go check the cable listing yep, and make the sign. Incredible. I love that. So funny. It, It just had me laughing in the moment. I was like, oh my God, somebody had to do their homework. That's so great. So. Well, guys, um, we're going to get into Dynamite. We're going to get into the new rankings. Uh, but first, you know, just did you guys know that uh, we're on a network here? No, we're not. What? Since yeah. when? Since forever, Kate. We're on a little network called the Shining Wizards Network. Wait, I thought the Shining Wizards was a podcast. It is. It's the B show. Uh, of the network, but it is a podcast. Uh, of course, we're, we're, the, we're the A show, though. We're yeah, we're the A okay, show. Okay, I just want to make sure. A show. Why would I be anything but the A show? I, you know what I'm saying? Aunt you money. put the money on the A show. Ant money, A show. Yeah. Makes sense. So, anyway, Shining what? Wizards Network. Oh, yeah, this network. <laughs> yeah, Shining Wizards Network, uh, formed by the Shining Wizards. They've been doing mediocrity podcasting for over 10 years. It's wrestling talk and sometimes talk about wrestling. Monday nights at seven o'clock. Maybe you'll catch Millionaire Mayor that Millionaire Mayor. Millionaire Matt there. Because you're not gonna see him here on Wednesday nights. Obviously. He loves to live in the mediocrity. Anyway. Um but Kate, did you know that it's a whole network? Did you know there's other shows that are part of that network? I I had no idea. I wish I could find out more about them. Well, Kate, you're in luck. Why don't you strap in 
and stay tuned. And when we come back from this break, we'll get into Dynamite, the rankings, and some of the news and notes from this week. But before that, here are some of the some of the other shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fist full of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact play of Phil Brea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury.
What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network. We're three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? Oh, we're back. We're so back. Back again. And the PC police have not beaten down our door. We can be sure of that. Twitter, Elon. Yeah, they uh, need to change that ad. In a couple different ways. Well, I think we've said it. Yeah, I think we've said it. Uh, You know, those uh, other shows don't uh, jive with our viewpoints here on the Mark Order podcast. But we do the listen. We do the job for the for the network, right? We're the A show. We got to do the job. It's true. It's true. We'll put other little shows over because we're so nice. Yeah, you know. Breaking news. Mike Peterson is eating a grilled cheese. I'm a little jealous. I'm a lot jealous. Here's the question, though. Here's the question. Now, I don't mean to take us down a rabbit hole, and I don't know why the goddamn comments always get fucked up when I move them. Um, Grilled cheese. Ready? I'm going to put it to you two first. Grilled cheese. Do you use butter or mayonnaise? Butter. Butter. It's butter. It has to be butter. No, you guys are are doing it wrong. Sorry, no, you're, you're you're very much doing it wrong. You no. are disgusting, and I just one hundred percent doing it wrong. Nope, that's that that is not true. The mayonnaise gets it so crispy, and it doesn't leave it with a mayo taste. And if you have a flavored mayo, it can kick it up to a different level. So Anne is trying to use something but not get the taste of that something, whereas butter gets it crispy, and you don't have to worry that there's a taste there because it's just good. Gross. Well, you guys are doing it wrong. I hate to tell you. I, I honestly, bread and cheese, I don't even, I don't need anything other than that. I don't need butter. Well, Kate, now you're wrong. Yeah, you're just wrong altogether. I, it's not my preference. I'd prefer butter. But I'm not a heathen, so I would not put mayo on it. To anybody in the chat who I'm is all butters skeptical, just take a little bit of mayo. You don't slather it in mayo. Just take a little bit and cover the outside of the bread. No. And then grill it that way. It's people in the chat. Fantastic. They know. Don't do it, people. Don't do it. I people. have do it. Uh, a question. Yes. Butters or Professor Chaos? That's the real question. <laughs> Ooh, um, I'll do for Professor what? Chaos. For what? I mean, it depends on what I need. Nope, I'll just do Professor Chaos all the time. Just straight up. All the time. Straight up. I don't know. I got some apples. Lulu, You got some too. <laughs> I got something butters. in my pocket butters. for you. Butters entertains the crap out of me. Butters is great. I would break Professor Chaos if I also get general disarray in the. Oh, I think that goes without saying. (laughs) I think that goes without saying. Guys, we talked about it. Uh, Let's take a look at these new rankings. That's right. Called called power rankings. Yes. Which, honest to God, changes the game. It does. It does. 
It does. And I like this graphic more now because they show you who moved around. There's no guessing. You don't have to go back a week and look or anything like that. They just show you right now who's moved up. And I assume would show you who moved down uh, next week. But I do like this layout better than in the past. And the fact they're calling it power rankings now makes more sense as far as what these are. I respect and appreciate it. And I also like this graphic better just because I can read it easier. Half well, the times when I'd be trying to poorly wrap them, I would be like, Are you poorly wrapping I... tonight? Yeah, are you wrapping? No, but I'll read them. I mean, you could sing them too. No, I don't could. sing. Please don't. Why not? I, I could, but I'm not gonna. I will tell you that our champion is Hangman Adam Page. I need a hangman. And your TNT champion at this point in the night was Sammy Guevara. Number five on your rankings is Adam Cole. Baby. Number four, Frankie Kazarian, which isn't weird at all. Baby. Isn't that weird? Uh, you got John Moxley coming in at number three. Baby. Not a baby. Uh, Scorpio Sky at number two. Baby. Not a child at all. And guys, know who's number one in the rankings? Chicago mid pants. Baby. Well, today he was just closed because he wasn't in gear. But um, he was mid, though. We'll talk about that. He was not mid. He was perfectly perfect in every way, shape, and form. Moving on. To the ladies, your champion, Thunder Rosa, your TBS title holder, everyone shut the fuck up, it's Jade Cargill. Number five, you got Red Velvet. Number four, Jamie Hayter with the coolie. That's the coolest. Number three, you got Hannah J. Number two, The Beast, Nyla Rose. And number one, Serena Deeb. And they are setting up Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa. Even I won't have very much to complain about. Your tag team champions, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, number five, Private Party, number four, the B Blackpool Combat Club, BCC. I'm always scared I'm going to say BBC. Brian Danielson and John Moxley, number three, got Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, number two, John Silver and Powerhouse. Reynolds, and number one, FTR. Fear the revolution there's your rankings there's see your rankings. that wasn't painful and it made it see it makes sense now they're power rankings also should note kate we should note now going over those like moxley i know i pulled them off the screen i'm not putting them back uh john moxley and cm punk moved up in the rankings nyla rose somehow moved up in the rankings even though she lost last week uh and red velvet also moved into the rankings and on the uh, tag side, we had Hobbs and Starks move up and Moxley and Danielson either move in or up. I don't know. There's just the up arrow. I assume they moved in. I don't recall if they were. Actually, there were no rankings last week, so I don't even know where we were two weeks ago. And now this makes more sense. We know why there were no rankings because they were reformatting them. My only thing is it's weird that Brian Danielson is not ranked and John Moxley is. No, I, I agree. Well, John Moxley beat Brian Danielson. But Brian Danielson has like one loss on the year, right? 
couple. Guess, he lost to Moxley. Two, yeah, and and Paige. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, they're lining up a whole bunch of stories. Let's get to it. Walking through Dynamite tonight. Let off the show hot with CM Punk joining commentary for Cash Wheeler versus Dax Harwood in an Owen Hart Foundation tournament qualifying match. Um, let's cut to the end of the match uh, and then we'll get into kind of some of the post match. We'll talk about it. But uh, it was, uh, I thought this was an excellent match. Dax Harwood wound up winning by pinfall with the small package reversal to qualify for the tournament over Cash. There were definitely moments during this match, too, where commentary was doing, I felt, a great job saying, this, and CM Punk, I'll give him credit, there were moments where Punk was saying, you know, now you're sort of getting into uncharted waters because you're hurting your partner, right? Like, you're damaging your partner's knee. You're pile-driving your partner, so you're sort of putting your team at risk now trying to get in a singles tournament. So I thought that that was a great job by commentary all around to kind of give you a sense of how important this tournament is to, you know, these competitors. Um, but yeah, what a great match. The, the little things that were done during the match, like um, cash getting poked in the eye and Dax uh, trying to, you know, go over and basically apologize and then having his hand slapped away uh, cash knocking uh, Dax off the top rope. Um you know, so he almost fell off to the outside of the ring. Just really great stuff where you thought that maybe this could lead to some sort of weird blow up of this team. Uh, they were fine by the end of the match. Uh, but boy, this was so much fun. Uh, I thought this was a great match. And it really, they hyped it up well from last week. Even the the Road to Dynamite this week had a great video package uh, about this match. If you haven't seen it, you can go to the All Elite uh, Wrestling YouTube <clears throat> and check it out. But I thought this was a great way to start the night. A lot of hype around this match. Kate, I'm going to go to you because you're a mid-punk uh, uh, mark. There was a uh, pause there, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the match and your boy on commentary? So, I I loved it. I can't wait to see whatever wonderful people on Twitter are going to splice some of the spots with Brett and Owen because there were definitely a few callbacks to that in there. A couple of uses of the sharpshooter as well, which was just nice. Someone had mentioned this on Twitter that one nice thing about this tournament is that the tournament is very much about like Owen Hart and the prestige of wrestling. It's not like they're chasing title cash-ins or whatever like that. It's It just seems to be about the merit of the tournament, which is refreshing. Like that's not something we see a lot. Um, loved Punk mentioned it, and then they mentioned it a lot in general. Yeah, that um, talking about the fact that you're doing damage to your tag team partner, I thought was a really nice touch. I also like Punk saying, you know, I didn't like these guys because they're with the pinnacle. Like, I love little things that make sense like that to say, like, I'm not fully a heel. They're not fully a face. Like, I don't like who these guys hang around with. I just thought was a really nice touch to keep that included in there. Um and just, yeah, I, I thought he was great on commentary, doing little things that made sense, talking over, talking about the person that Owen Hart was in addition to the wrestler, I thought was a really nice touch because FTR has been pushing this thing of that they're family so often. Um, and I also appreciated commentary saying that they are just shy of 600 matches as a tag team together, which is insane. And this is the first time they ever faced each other. So just a really nice nod to their career. 
the in-ring action was fantastic. I loved how much this was just so much fundamental storytelling. The tension that they built was great. The unintentional, intentional eye poke, the low blow that was a little bit low, like things like that I thought were just really nice touches. And then, um, my goodness, like so the superplexes and um, even just like the way the chops were laid in, it was done with this just like, um, I'm here to win this match, but it was it was such a like show of respect for for who they are as individual wrestlers. I liked Dax winning. I thought there was a part that might put cash over just because I feel like Dax is the hot hand right now and it th- neither of them are going to win. So it probably doesn't super matter. But I thought this was a great way to start the show. I thought it was really fun and um, such a nice tribute to everything that they wanted it to be to to their own careers, to Owen Hart, to the merits of professional wrestling like they are on a historic run and they have earned every ounce of it this was a really fun way to start the show should also mention that they were wearing their heart foundation yes. uh tights and boots yeah so uh just a, a great homage also you know kate you mentioned like the things they were laying it in you know on each other pretty heavy-handed it also uh it was great to see that because it sort of showed the importance of this tournament to some people doing it for the, uh, out of, you know, respect for Owen. Right. And that these two guys clearly cared about it. Uh, and they've both been outspoken about how much Owen and Brett and the heart foundation really meant to them, uh, coming up. So I, I thought it was fantastic. Just the one spot in particular when Dax went to put cash in the sharpshooter and just like, he had that hesitation of like, am I really about to do this to this guy? Like, I just loved the the way the tension would swing back and forth. I, I, I thought it was everything that pro wrestling match should be in so many ways. And like, no flash, just just storytelling from, from bell to bell. Really good stuff. No flips, just fists. That's right. Shlong, what do you think about the opener? I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not going to try to reiterate too much what you guys said because you guys covered so much of it well. Um, but everything was laid out perfectly from putting Punk on commentary to having them walk out together but out of the separate tunnels to every plot point they hit during the match to the end when Cash was smiling. He just lost, but he smiled because he was smiling, but not like, oh, I'm happy I lost, but in that like, oh, you son of a bitch, you got me. Like that you would smile at your friend beating you. Um, what I liked, you were pointing out how commentary talked about the important um how you know you are hurting your partner at some point and this is you know this is this is different this is dangerous what i like about that is there's two ways to do that and one way sucks and it's very i'm not gonna point out what company it sounds like and then there's another way which what they did tonight which is very good the way that sucks is to do it like are they gonna turn is this gonna be the end of their friendship is this gonna be it and i didn't want that because that would have been terrible what i like for this is like no one doubted they were gonna stay friends it was a question of are you fucking up your long-term prospects? And that is a way better story to be told between these two. So I was very happy they went that route. It also is the first match of this entire thing that really made you feel like the tournament, the tournament mattered. Um, I'm not saying the rest haven't been that way, but they've been all qualifying matches and they've been people like, you know, the women's side, it's been all unsigned talent versus signed talent. The men's have had a couple matches, but they haven't, no one's been like, this is huge. This is the first time where it's been like, oh, this tournament really matters. And I think that's important for the tournament because at some point, if you want this to be meaningful for Owen, 
you have to establish it's important to people and matches like this are what do it and the women are kind of doing it through their words with you know hater and tony storm and for baker and i really appreciate what they're doing with them we'll talk about that later but this was the first match where they're like no 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 this is important hugely important to the competitors just a fantastic way to handle this match and the build to it it was all done really well and we'll see what's next for Dax, but we did find out what's next for CM Punk. They did show uh, the package uh, of last week, him going up the ramp in the stare down with um, uh, Hangman. Now, it should be noted, Hangman did put out that he wasn't there tonight because he's got the COVID snots. So Hangman was homesick, uh, but they announced. He was sick with what? COVID snots. The COVID snots. Yes, he did put that in his tweet. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Uh, but they did announce tonight that uh, CM Punk will face Hangman Adam Page at Double or Nothing for the AEW World Championship. Kate uh, exploded off of her couch in that moment. I know it. Uh, and that's when CM Punk got up from the commentary desk and got on the mic uh, and he said he'd never been in a better locker room. He asked himself the question when he came back, if he could still do it. And now he can probably stand there and say, yeah, he can do this. He's a fan of Paige and not to disparage anyone. He shared the ring, a ring with, except maybe Eddie Kingston. But everything <laughs> up to this point has just been a warm up. He couldn't promise us a win, but he can promise that he's going to give it all he's got. Because without us, there's no him. There's no comeback. There's no double or nothing title match. He's never been a gambling man, but he will always bet on himself. And at double or nothing, Paige is going to know he's been in a fight with CM Punk and he'll fight until the wheels come off. So I'll say this, Kate. Uh, I I like the title match. I think we've been leading to this and wondering when CM Punk's going to kind of get a shot. Uh, So I don't mind that. I didn't necessarily love this uh, promo. Like I got what he was doing, but I thought there were moments where this felt rushed. And I think he was rushing through this because there probably wasn't a lot of time, but it just seemed a little clunky to me, but the point definitely got across. I feel like in a month from now, we're going to supposed to know that this promo was supposed to feel a little generic John Cena. E. I did not, put two and two together that double or nothing is also happening in Vegas where the pipe bomb happened. I think there is going to be some delightfully generic, my best, your best promos going into this match and, and in the match, CM Punk is going to do something deliciously heel turny. Um, this is not going to be like a lot of the other slow burn heel turns that we've seen. <laughs> and I don't even think it's going to be a promo. I think, He's going to cheat to win the title. Um, and I think the next couple of weeks are going to be this generic, I respect you type stuff going into it, face versus face. And man, oh man. I also noticed he was wearing a sick of it all shirt tonight. I think he's getting sick of it all uh, with his baby face stuff. The way he was um, like pandering to the crowd so heavily, like this feels. That all felt very intentional to me. It did feel a little clunky. And I I think um, there were a few things today that felt a little rushed timing wise. I felt like the show was great, but it was loaded. And there were things that were off timing wise. This this was a little bit one of them. But I think you're 
I think you're gonna get um I think you're gonna get some some John Cena promos the next <laughs> I think you're gonna be very close to hustle loyalty and respect. Um the Eddie Kingston thing killed me and Eddie Kingston immediately tweeted like who fucking cares punk or something mm. like that. <laughs> Which I just love stuff like that so much. Um but uh but yeah I, I it wasn't great i don't think it was supposed to be i think this was all a little bit by design like the way he because he said i'm gonna make this short and sweet and then was like walking around the ring to the crowd and stuff like that he's he's too intentional of a guy for that not to be on purpose i think but um i of course i'm am excited for that as a cm punk mark but also i just i think the next few weeks of programming here assuming that uh Adam Page is okay are, are going to be um, the emotional investment that people have felt like has been lagging since the Danielson story. I think we're going to win it back with the straight edge dickhead versus the drunk cowboy stuff leading into this. I will say this. Um, first of all, sick of it all. Great band. Great band. And uh, it was funny. I uh friend of mine, Artist of the uh, Mark Order podcast logo, uh, hardcore uh, frontman for the banner, New Jersey hardcore music aficionado Joey Southside was texting me during the show, and when this promo came on, he said, "Even that sick of it all shirt couldn't save this promo." <laughs> I, 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 I had to agree. Um, so it was just funny. Uh, Schlong, I'd like your perspective on. Everything Kate said, because I wasn't even thinking about any of that. Do you do you put any um, do you put any, you know, anything behind the fact that Punk is going to go heel here? Well, I do agree that I think that's probably his end game, um, which heel Punk's going to be tough because he's still going to be cheered. I, I don't think he's going to be able to do anything to get the crowd to hate him. Um, I don't think I don't think Hangman at this point beating Hangman at this point does that. Um because Hangman's had a little bit of a run here, but I could be wrong. We'll see how, I mean, they're very smart. Um, so a couple things. One, I loved that he walked right by Kip Sabian in the box. Yes. That had me cracking the fuck up. And Kip Sabian was like doing a sarcastic clap, which I just appreciate the, the character work. Um, Asian Joe pointed it out, but I, I was going to point it out myself. Reports were that this was heavily rewritten because Paige couldn't be there. So I don't know if I agree with Kate on the heel turn. I don't know if this is going to be the promos we get going forward. This could have just been very much a listen. You were supposed to have a, a promo with him or a stare down, go out there, stall a little bit. Don't say anything too ridiculous because we need you to face to face before you play this out. I don't know. There's, there's a million ways. I do agree. I, I think a heel turn's coming. Or maybe just an edgier punk. If it's not heel turn, it's going to be a much... It's going to be a tweener, but he can pull off tweener, so that would be okay. Not everyone can. Um, and I think the most important thing we need to point out is that Mike Pearson tried your sandwich. Mm -hmm. And he said they were about the same, just less greasy. See, how is that a bad thing? It's not. I still won't do it. Just try it, Schlong. I like butter. Just try it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, listen, the other thing, too, and maybe you said it and I was reading something and it went right over my head, so I apologize. Uh, Asian Joe said, from his research, apparently the show was heavily all rewritten. Yep. So, okay. Um, uh, And I was reading something that that came across me, so I apologize. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't – I buy that. You know, it just seemed like – Maybe this was a last minute thing they added. And again, I, I get the what he was trying to say. I just don't think he um, I don't think he said it as well as he could. have Had this been something maybe that he had prepared uh, further ahead of time. So if this was maybe altered sort of last minute, maybe this came off the top of the head. Can I just say, you know, I put on there's there's two runs that, that I mean, there's actually a bunch, but there's two big runs that uh AEW's had that they could have fucked up 10 ways from Sunday and they haven't. First was Jade Cargill. I mean, they could have, I put this out on Twitter, they could have fucked that up and she could be just bombed out. Like uh, someone that green, the spotlight she was given, dumb head like The other is CM Punk. The guy returns after seven years. This could have been terrible. No, it could have. Fu- perfect. No, it could have. Because it, 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 if they. Mm. If they don't give him the right feuds, no. if they overproduce him, if they do, there's no wrong feud just, for him. Jeez, I, dear God! All right, no, moving on. No, you're you're a hundred percent right. And I, when I heard him on uh, Renee's podcast, he even said he was like, "I'm walking into an environment where there's rankings. Like it would make no sense for me to be immediately hot shotted into a title picture." He's like, "That's not how this environment works." So. Yes, I I I joke, they, but I a hundred percent agree with you. They could have butchered it so he could be because there are comebacks, not just because of like it was helpful that he can wrestle still, but there are comebacks even when guys can wrestle where they just lose the magic and he not it has nothing to do with the wrestler, just whatever this and not at all. This has been as good of a run as he's ha- ever had. I mean, consistently great feud after great feud between matches and promos i mean everything's just been spot on what amazes me about that and we can get back to the show uh is he also came in at just weeks before danielson and cole showed up and i feel like danielson is doing the best work of his career and that cole is doing some of the best stuff that we've seen i think he'll have more juice to dig into very soon but like to have had all of those debuts at once um and be able to balance all of them because that is a lot of star power at once. Um, I, I think that's that's a huge testament because getting one debut properly planned that's that massive, hard but not so tricky. Balancing all of what they're, I feel like incredibly difficult. But hold on, Kyle K. Sparks has a hot take. Punk was good on the independence. He got better when he went to WWE. I don't know if that's a hot take. When you're at a certain WWE does help guys get to the next level. I mean, they there's listen, WWE, WWE even now puts on great wrestling. It's just the stories around it suck. And they teach you how to look work the hard cam and how to cut promos to like large crowds and stuff. So I I can see it very easily being like, you know that taught him all the technical stuff that he couldn't learn in the ring that you had to go to somewhere WWE, but now he gets to take that knowledge plus his wrestling brain. And I think it's make it's the same with Danielson. It's going to be hopefully the same with a lot of these guys where you're seeing really smart wrestling brains who learned the other stuff at WWE and they're able to implement it. That's the best case scenario. I'm, 
I I think Danielson's run is one of the best runs we've ever seen in wrestling right now. And I agree. There's like a AEW to me reads as a sweet spot between all the freedom that you get in the independent world and all of the resources that you get in somewhere like the WWE production wise, crowd wise, um, backstage minds, all that kind of stuff. Right. So I just think that like, that's probably for me, that's the best you're going to get is like the artistic freedom with the resources is to me, that's the sweet spot. By the way, I think uh, the uh, anti AEW bots are spamming our chat. So we'll keep an eye. on. I don't know. I was trying to click on the link they were sending and you just hot girls and boys video chat. Oh, the bots are here. Anyway, let's keep moving through the show. Uh, We did get a promo, too, from Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky. They're basically building to the match tonight, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, We did get Blackpool Combat Club versus The Factory. Uh, Cutting to the end of this, Blackpool Combat Club wins by pinfall with the seatbelt pin from Wheeler Yuta on Nick Camarado. Billy Boy. So, yes, Philly boy, uh, local boy, uh, does uh, good, gets the win for his club. Uh, Wheeler just continuing to look really strong uh, on television. Uh, yes, oh, I meant Camarano was a Philly boy. Oh, oh well, is he? Yeah, well, he is. He's a Philly boy. Yuda is. Yuda is too, but like Yuda's a transplant. Camarado is from, like, if we had Camarado on here, the two, our two accents would just be fucking insane right now. Like they he's bail him from New Jersey too, so it's, maybe he came. Uh, maybe he yeah, trained. Yeah, like he's like me either, but... from the south where the hoagies are. But yeah, yeah so he um the water ice. Yeah, Yuda went to Villanova. Um, but yeah, so you had two Philly boys, which was really nice. Yeah, give them both a, sh- a chance. I just am impressed by the match was what it was. I don't like the the spot it went home on. I didn't need all three of them there. I am in continually so impressed by the way that Wheeler Yuta, Wheeler Yuta has been made into a star through the storyline and Wardlow has been made into a star through his storylines. And Daniel Garcia is right there. And I think Ricky Starks is starting to get right there. Like that next wave is coming in hot right behind <laughs> your MJFs and your Darby Allens. And um, just fantastic, I thought. Like, I, I, I can't believe how quickly, not from a skill level, I knew Wheeler Yuta could do it, but like the storylines over the past three months have been star making storylines. And I just absolutely love to see that when you also have Danielsons and Punks and Coles and whoever coming in. Like it's a really, really, really strong balance right now. And this match was a great example. He was so, so over the second Wheeler Yuta came out there. Fantastic. I, I should rephrase. Camarado is from like me, like South Jersey's from Blackwood. So that it's essentially like I am. I thought he was actually Philly, but no, he's just local like me. See, Kate. But, see, they all think they're from Philly. It's, no, it's I amazing. never say I'm from Philly. I thought he was. Um, yeah, you also say you're doing the cloud. Nobody knows what to believe. Do, do, so. do, 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 do. No, I, I, listen, Yudo got a hell of a pop when he walked out. Jesus Christ. Um, I love his new year so much. And yep. I like William Regal on commentary was great when he when Yuta he nailed the first drop kick, he's like on target, and then he slightly missed the second drop kick on Camarado and goes, That one wasn't really on target. We're gonna have to work on those drop kicks. I'm like, oh yeah. Jesus, that great. is just dead on. So this was 
it was it's a weird kind of like squash match and well not really a squash match i mean they worked you over for a while but it was a weird match in some ways but at the same point they're just building up the resume of these three for a company that doesn't have a trios title that absolutely should well we'll see what happens for you to next kyle k sparks in the chat saying i need wheeler you to defending the pure title on aew television at some point soon give me you versus moriarty i uh don't disagree kyle k sparks but to a base maybe who doesn't know a lot about pure maybe they're slow rolling putting that on television i wouldn't hate it i definitely don't uh i definitely don't hate it i just don't know if they're ready to put pure on their tv show yet i think maybe they're afraid it's a little too niche but i we'll think see. your first pure stuff will probably be gresham and danielson in a pure rules match and then they'll talk about the division would be my guess um but i think before they feature the roh stuff too heavily they'll they're gonna want to make sure roh tv is in place and that they have a plan for it yeah and and my like i said my thought is something pure is more niche different than what the television base is maybe used to seeing although i think a lot of the base are into ring of honor right um but but even for Ring of Honor fans, pure I always felt was a little hit or miss. So yeah, you're gonna have to be very careful how you roll that out. It's gonna be a rampage thing if it's if it's on TV. Yeah, you better hire Rick Abani to commentate it. Damn it! You know, uh, I think I said this a couple weeks ago when when uh, I think it was when Joe defended his title for the first time on TV, um, and they said something. They they were leading to whoever the ring announcer is for Ring of Honor being there. And as they were leading into it, in my brain, I was like, oh, my God, they have Riccoboni. Riccoboni's going to call this oh, match. Oh, no, it was Bobby Cruz. <laughs> yeah, and, it did, and I was like, oh, that would be so great to have Riccoboni there. The um, best. Anyway, let's keep moving. Simply at the best. We get Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Tony Storm backstage uh, getting interviewed. Uh, Britt says there's no prom- uh, there's no physicality, and that's when Tony Storm introduces Britt Baker to her pal Ruby Soho. And Ruby says Britt and Jamie show up for every new girl to throw their weight around. And as Owen said, enough is enough and it's time for a change. And Ruby's ready to drop her right there. Hater wants to fight, but Britt Baker, you know, backs off and and takes off to catering to find a snack. So clearly maybe they're lining up uh, Britt Baker and Ruby Soho having an issue here uh, to get to in this tournament, maybe even past this tournament. So maybe we'll get uh, a little... Uh, series of matches there because they only faced each other once for the title uh and then that was it pretty much nothing burger there's one thing i liked about this mm-hmm. no i mean i like that it's it's treating the tournament a little seriously like there's you know these women they're lining up feuds within it and that to me gives a tournament i like that but the second thing i liked was that ruby felt important by being the one to step in being like here, I'm calling like I'm calling in the big guns against the former champ and and Jamie Hader. I called in Ruby Soho. Like that's something because she hasn't been on TV a lot. That is something important that you still establish that she's still at that top tier. Kate, okay. I thought he was going to say the one thing he liked was Jamie Hader's coolie. I mean, there's multiple coolies to like when you have Jamie Hader and Tony Storm on your screen in the coolie department. I mean, two of the best booties in the game, and that's in a locker room that has Sunny Kiss. So. Very his is still tops. Stiff competition for sure. Oh, not even close. Um, I very much liked this. There were multiple things in the women's division that I liked today. 
Yay! Um, Dinner night. This, <laughs> this was one of them. Uh, this also deepens a pre-existing rift between Brit and Ruby, right? They do have a history now that was established a few months ago. We saw it live in Newark. Um, so I like that it wasn't just like, I have a problem with you because there's a tournament. Like, they already don't like each other. Ruby is as pure of a baby face as you can get. Tony and Ruby have worked together before too, obviously, in a, a different company, but like they both hail from the same place so they can dig into that if they want to. Um, and I like that we're continuing the idea of, because I do think eventually Jamie and Britt are going to split, right? But for now, they're not. So let's keep the numbers game even and let's take two other top talents that are supposed to be a big deal for the former champ and her, her henchwoman. So I thought this was very encouraging and um, I want better booking and screen time. Right. So this is definitely more screen time, which is good. Not a ton of it, but it's more. So hopefully they don't fuck up the booking in that process as well. This was encouraging to see. Again, I think there's a little bit of promise going to this tournament on the women's side because they did do such a good job at the last tournament building the the feuds and then even coming out of it with some of those feuds still existing. It did fizzle out eventually, but we did get a, a, a long period of stories that made sense uh, from the tournament. So I think there's some hope that there will be some some something to come out of this tournament for a couple of these uh, women in the division. So. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's keep moving on. We come back from commercial with a Zaddy Christian Cage and Jurassic Express interview backstage. And Jungle Boy admits that he could have won last week, uh, but he didn't do it. And Christian Cage says that he sounds like a loser, but he's still a champion and it won't happen again. And he's issued, issued a challenge to any top five team. And that's when Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs uh, come in and uh, issues a challenge anytime, any place. So a couple things here. Um, interesting that we kind of saw last week, you know, hey, maybe they're flipping, um, you know, Christian heel. And it sort of looks like they're going that way, Kate, that there's going to be some sort of turn on Jurassic Express because that came out a little hot tonight and then he quickly backpedaled. So I think they are lining that up. Yeah, Christian um, is so great at the role that he's there to play. And this was a, a big part of that. The immediately feeling like such a heel, but then pulling it back right away is such a powerful technique when it feels like a father-son relationship of some sort. When he was like, put that belt up where it belongs. I was like, and tie your shoes and tuck in your shirt, young man. <laughs> like it, it felt Pull like your hair. And he even said the phrase teachable moment, like what a fatherly thing. And old school dads, right, are like, they love you, but they can also be assholes. Like he walked that line so perfectly tonight. I thought that was great. So um, that was really encouraging to see. And also Jungle Boy getting more and more comfortable with things. I am so excited about Hobbs and Starks. Um, I think that's just going to be a blast of a tag team match because you have such different styles in there and you're going to put Hobbs and Luchasaurus in the ring at the same time at some point. Tell me that's not going to be a blast. So, and the more Ricky Starks on my screen, the better. So I'm, I'm all for this. This was gangbusters for me. 
Shlong, we were talking, I know you stepped away for just a second. We were talking about the segment with Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. And now it looks like Christian is, uh, you know, leaning heel here a little bit. Um, any thoughts on this? Anything you want to call out? Kind of what we, we were talking about last week, that they're clearly setting up the Christian heel turn. Um, I've heard, uh, I think I was listening to City this weekend. Those guys are really good. And they were talking about maybe you would do a Jungle Boy heel turn. Like, that'd be a, a nice twist. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be very much, obviously, a Christian heel turn. But Jungle Boy heel turn would be fun. Like, to like a, it'd be a kind of neat swerve. Swerve, bro. Um, I will say, anytime I hear Starks and Hobbs or Hobbs and Starks, I think Hobbs and Shaw from Fast and Furious, and it's driving me nuts. Calvin and Hobbs and Shaw. See, ooh, what a mashup! <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this is this is no matter who turns heel, this is a good story. I'm I'm interested in it. So, you know, this is, this is a kind of fun sub story. They're gonna have to get the tag belts now off Jurassic Express. They gave them a run, but clearly that's not the story they want to tell with them. So they're gonna they're gonna have to give those bad boys to someone else. Maybe FTR. Maybe FTR just gonna be draped in gold. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Um, I don't know if they need it. You know, I wouldn't mind somebody like a Starks and a Hobbs taking it. I don't think they're going to. But listen, the series of matches we can get to them having the belts taken off of them, perhaps a double or nothing, could be a lot of fun. So we'll see how we get there. We'll see what happens with Christian Cage. But we get into our next match of the night, and it's going to be Lance Archer versus Wardlow. Archer comes out, and then we get the MJF music. Perhaps his line of the night asking uh, Spears how uh, women in Philadelphia use the or he asks what people in Philadelphia use as birth control. And he says their personalities, uh, which, again, made, makes you chuckle. It's that high school humor. Uh, but he says um, everyone needs to keep quiet because Wardlow's coming out with no music. And Wardlow, again, does the no music entrance being led to the ring by a horde of security uh, in handcuffs. Uh, and then he starts to get uh, unhandcuffed at the side of the ring. That's when Lance Archer decides to uh, dive off of the uh, apron onto the entire group. And we're off to the races. Um, cutting to the end here, Wardlow. I don't think anybody thought it was going to work out differently. Wardlow wins. Uh, with the Powerbomb Symphony, which is impressive on a man of Archer's uh, stature. Uh, but um, uh, after the match, uh, Wardlow waits, gets handcuffed, and is let off. And that's it. Now, I'll say a couple things here. One, I know we've been talking for a while about Lance Archer needing to get some wins, but this is where you use Archer in a right way. He's a monster making another monster on his way up look really strong right it wasn't a squash match but there were certainly points where archer looked like he was going to win this didn't happen and then wardlow power bombs him four or five times uh for the win uh so i feel like this was using lance in the right way to help wardlow look super strong again i want to see lance do something and get more wins i don't want this to be his whole story of him just losing matches to make guys look stronger but this is definitely the right way to use him against wardlow my second thing i goddamn love this handcuff gimmick i That's sort right. of wish i sort of wish that they would keep this up forever him just walking down 
waiting to get uncuffed and then finishing a match and waiting to get cuffed is so great to me. I, I just love it. I think this whole thing is being handled great. And clearly, MJF doesn't have the answer at this point. At this point, we'll get to it. So don't spoil it, people. Um, there's no answer. Wardlow still has, you know, MJF's number. Uh, so, Schlong, let's go to you first. What did you think of the match? Did this uh, work for you? Um, so the match was to start off with the Huracan Rana when he gets in the ring. The first thing he does in the ring, Wardlow does guy that size should not be pulling off a Huracan Rana. Yeah. And then his Swanton bomb, which almost missed, but still looked very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of Swantons almost miss recently. I think I'm not saying people have to script out matches, but I think beforehand they need to just properly try that move. Be like, yeah, like this is where I go. Um, but it was really a great match, great use of two big guys. Like he said, this is proper use of Archer. I've kind of come to accept that he's never going to be what he we thought he could be, which is like the monster who just dominates. He's gonna ne- he's always gonna come up a little short. But if that's the case, helping him establish Wardlow at this level is perfect use of him. Um MJF and Sean Spears look at the end where they looked miserable is just great acting on their part this is they have nailed the wardlow build i just again i don't like i feel like such a i mean i'm a positive person anyway but i even feel like more of a shill being like look at all these things they nailed but how can you like they have nailed this he is the the use of the handcuff thing is great it's kind of funny but it's also like logical in a lot of ways walking out with how 30 security guards um I'm listen, any of our listeners, any of our viewers, anyone who sees this, if any of you can put all the power bombs that Wardlow has done to a symphony, I would love to watch that supercut. I don't have the talent to pull that off, so that's why I'm asking others. I just think it's like like you said, doing it to, to Lance Archer is just so impressive. I'm so excited for when he gets his hands on Sean Spears and MJF. Like I am just I'm so excited for it. I'll even say this, Ryan. I'll go one further about cutting to a symphony. And if anybody wants to get this into TK's hands, please do. License the music to Symphony of Destruction by Megadeth. Ooh. And just powerbomb after powerbomb after powerbomb. Just do it. That's the way to go. Video package leading into that MJF match. Symphony of Destruction. Bam. Powerbombs. That's how you do it. Go ahead, Kate. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no. Uh, you guys summarized things perfectly. It's super impressive. And, um, you know, like I said with Wheeler before, like these two guys have just broken out as major players, like huge stars uh, between pay-per-views here, basically, like, which is so incredible to see. The only thing I will add match-wise is um, I think Wardlow was – strength is not an issue for this guy so having someone his own size to pick on he seemed more comfortable um it did not feel like it was a challenge for him to get lance archer up and i feel like he felt like he could slam him and throw him around a little bit more um and not have to worry about breaking him like he probably does i don't know a fuego del sol or whoever so it was just nice to see um, I like the story of MJF trotting in big men because it's like, all right, well, I'll get someone bigger and stronger and faster and whatever. And he's just going to keep going there until he has to do the job himself. Right. So, 
Um, this is just such clean, simple storytelling. Like this is just, we saw a lot of pro wrestling 101 tonight and why it works. And this was kind of one of them. Like this, this build with Wardlow has been great. Keep the heel away from him. Let the heel have control over him, make him a pawn in whatever game, have him be playing mind games this entire time. Love the handcuffing gimmick as well. Um, love him throwing people that look like elementary schoolers around. That's really fun. Um, so I just, I think this has just been a perfectly built storyline and a well-timed one. This is not something that's dragging on too long. Like we see with stables or feuds like this sometimes. Um, this has been, I think, perfectly timed. And I, a lot of people are in your camp and, and salivating <laughs> for the moment that he gets his hands on him. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait for that to come, and we're going to have to see what's next for Wardlow. We'll touch on that later. But for now, we go to the Jericho Appreciation Society making their entrance. Guys, my favorite thing with the Jericho Society is I love before uh, before Judas hits. Uh, Parker having the voiceover with the entrance card going, For seven weeks your gold standard in sports entertainment or whatever he does. It's so fantastic that he, he says seven weeks and I bet next week it will be eight weeks. You know, they'll keep playing this just, I goddamn love it. So, um, they did say that, uh, before the segment, they would have this sit down and they gave their word to Tony Khan and the AEW galaxy fucking fantastic i popped so fucking hard for that like i can't i i'm sorry to cut you off in the middle no. but i, I don't that's that so fucking dying like that was probably the funniest like i i'm with you i love the voiceover love all of it that single line is the funniest thing i've heard in a long time in wrestling it's so it's just all being done so perfectly amazing. um it's amazing. Uh, so there's no physicality in the ring tonight. They are, they set the 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 standard with that, and that's when Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana come down and they throw their chairs on the side of the table away. Also, love the fact that they had it set up like a sit down in another company: tables, chairs, water bottles, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then um, as we get into uh, everything, Jericho is basically um, saying that uh, you know they caused the Fans of Pittsburgh, um, you know, they that uh, Eddie Kingston cost the fans of Pittsburgh last week from seeing the Jericho Appreciation Society, and that's what they really wanted to see. He wanted an apology. Uh, but, of course, they get the bird flipped at them by uh, Ortiz. And Santana says the problem is that Jericho turned on the two dudes who had his back from the beginning, and that's when Garcia says that the threats don't mean anything because they can't hit them. Uh, and then they get... Uh, into King, uh, Eddie Kingston's uh, face and everybody. And that's when Eddie says he's had enough. He starts to throw tables and chairs, says he hates this crap. Um, and Kingston said, asks if he knows what the word uh, hit means. And in his world, that ends things. But Jericho asks if he's going to hit him and get him kicked out of another wrestling company before telling him to shut his mouth and do as he's told. Eddie says uh, he's not going to hit him. He can smell the fear coming off of him. And when you say a hit in his world, you got to be prepared to put someone in the ground. He's done it before. He's asking if Chris is ready for that. And then that ends the segment. There was also a moment in there where um, 
Jericho basically says the numbers, you know, we have the numbers, you can't do anything to us. So of course, you know, and, and again, kind of now us breaking it down in my mind, anytime the numbers come up, I just immediately, immediately think, when are we going to see homicide in Hernandez? Cause that's gotta be what's going to even this up. And that's also what makes me think because Tony said, Tony Khan said, we're going to see another blood and guts at some time this summer. I just, I just feel we're going to get LAX versus the Jericho Appreciation Society in a, you know, in a blood and guts. I just, I think that's the way to go. I think that's, that would be a lot of fun, but I thought that this segment was, was, you know, no physicality. So not another beat down again. We'll talk about what happens later, but you know, uh, right now it's just a lot of posturing and we're clearly seeing who's serious, right. And who is, playing shit heel sports entertainers, right? You can't touch us, nah, 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 you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So I like where this is. I like the Jericho Appreciation Society. I didn't necessarily have a problem with this. Again, it's eating up time. Maybe we could use for other stuff, but I didn't hate it. So I think it's advancing the story. Kate, what'd you think? Fuck, Garcia was great in this too. I'll just add that. He was very fun. I thought he oh, was- Oh, the just- leather Kangol too. And the- and the- oh. Guinea tea, fantastic. Just a work of art. Um, the kind of ironic thing with this is everybody knew Garcia was a pro wrestler, right? We actually are getting to see him be really entertaining <laughs> in a lot of this, like kind of work themselves into a shoot in a really refreshing way. I think this is actually really good for Garcia. It does show another side of him. Um and I just, you guys know that I'm an Eddie Mark, but one thing I really appreciated in this was him being like, do you know, do you really know what a, what ordering a hit is? Like, like in my world, not in your world, like in our world, because that would be a homicide, right? Like to, to me, that is kind of telegraphing homicide is coming in. Like, I don't think that's, that's uh, as much of a throwaway as people might think it is. But also Eddie Kingston has also murdered someone in canon, I believe. So uh, I <laughs> I think I just, you guys know I love Eddie. He makes everything real. Loved his Bruiser Brody shirt too. The past three weeks he had a Churro shirt, a Sarah Delray shirt, and now this Brody, Bruiser Brody shirt. Fantastic. Um, and this, this didn't feel terribly long to me. Like, I don't think I needed this segment, but it didn't feel like, oh my God, another one of these Jer- Jericho talk therapy things. Um, the right guys got to talk. I think Garcia talking was really important. Um, and I, I loved the visual of Jericho slumped down in his chair and Eddie Kingston leaving over him too. It looked like in a cartoon when the big guy overpowers the little dude and he shrinks. That was a really fun visual. So I thought this was really good. Um, a lot of my favorites on my screen today, selfishly, this was a really fun episode for me. Long. Anything um, you want to add here? Sorry. I just want to add two things. One, Kate pointed out Daniel Garcia being so good when he was just shouting, hit me, come on, hit me, hit me. That's that little brother thing where you're just like, or that like kid in school that you just want to fucking kill. And that is perfect for this feud. Um, and then a couple uh actually plays into what I said. One, Diamante put out on Twitter like could it be? And I'm like, please go back to LAX. Like, that's all oh. I want for you, Diamante. Two, uh, Kyle K. Sparks pointing out that Hernandez is 49 years old and has only wrestled four times this year and only once in the last three months. So while Homicide seems likely, we're not sure about him. However, 
well, they're not really working with MLW anymore because they'll say there is an LAX somewhere else they could call in. They wouldn't really have the same. You don't necessarily need Hamas, Amina Hernandez. I'm sure you could pull someone else in to fit that. Like homicide is, is your big one. And I think if you throw in any fourth, whether it's, I mean, for one match, Hernandez could probably do it. But, you know, homicide's going to be. A blood and guts. Like, you yeah. don't, don't really, there's a lot that well, you, you just can have. ask her to me. I think it would be cool to have Diamante be your fifth. Why not? That would be That's so where bad. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing her tap out uh, Daniel Garcia cracking up in my head. I don't know why that's just making me laugh really hard. But no, this was uh, this was uh, perfect. Um, this was this is just a great segment. So I, I'm sorry. I, I, I wanted to point out that Daniel Garcia thing hit me just uh, not quite as much as Galaxy. And then Mark Quill in chat said that the Jer Jericho Appreciation Society needs to incorporate the then, now, and forever. And they absolutely do. I just got to figure out what wording they need to use. It's not then, now, forever, because they're still using that. I thought they actually... The present, the future. I thought that they did that in one of the pre-intro packages. I thought they did something like that. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. They might have, but it needs to be consistent, like on their screen, pop out, like cages at past, present, and the future. Like, mm -hmm. and then, like, it because doesn't WWE use like a together thing now, Kate? They do, yeah. That, then now, forever together, isn't that it now? It's it's that barfy, yes. Yeah. So it'd be like past, the present, the future. Like, uh, what another word for together, like just as one. <laughs> Yeah, United or some shit. United, yeah. Because that was just as much as they can become the worst caricature of the WWE, the, the better off we are. It's the biggest deal you can be to an AEW fan right now. Like, it's perfect. Well, it's not. Let's be straight, Kate. We're not AEW fans. We're part of the AEW Galaxy. Sorry, yeah. Galaxy participants. Sure. So, guys, we do get an annoying uh, video promo from Sammy and Tay, so we're clearly building to the main event of the night. But we get into Hikaru Shida, I think I said her name right, uh, versus Serena Deeb in the Philly Street Fight. Here's my one beef here, guys. They spent a lot of time in the ring for a fucking street fight. Um now, clearly, tables are not tables, but chairs, kendo sticks, you know, they did use weapons. There were no rope breaks. So I think that was the important thing to take away from the street fight aspect. But still, I feel like if you're going to call something a street fight, you should spend a little time outside the ring or on the ramp or something. They didn't do a whole lot of that. Regardless, we did get the chairs. We did get kendo sticks. We did get powder in the eyes. That's not one we've seen often at AEW. Uh, but. As we kind of get into this match, uh, we do see uh, Deeb going after the knee of Sheeta. So clearly working the weakness that we've seen out of Sheeta. A lot of heavy kendo stick hits. Uh, we do see an avalanche falcon arrow, but it doesn't work. Um, <clears throat> and eventually uh, Deeb is able to get the serenity lock on Sheeta. Um, Sheeta gets to the rope and there's no break, but Deeb does reposition her and smashes her knee into a bunch of chair or a chair a bunch of times. And then we get the clover leaf applied, and Deeb wins by submission with the clover leaf. Also shows a really nice egg right on the Oh on boy, cheek. did she! Holy shit, did she ever! Um, so Deeb gets the win here, and they go backstage to show Thunder Rosa watching. 
So maybe setting up the stage for Thunder Rosa and Deeb finally. Um, we know there's history there. And at one point, uh, Rosa was saying, I want my NWA title back because Deeb had it. Uh, and she said she wanted to win that belt and the gold. So there is some history there with Deeb, and I would certainly love to see them in a match. Uh, so let's hope that that's where we're going next. Deeb is ranked in the power rankings, right? So, um, it seems like this was the blow off. They said this was going to be it. I was honestly surprised guys that Deeb came out with the win, but really happy to see, see her get it. So, um, Kate, let's go to you first. I know we've been going to you a lot, but you're a mark on a lot of this stuff. So I like to get your take first. And again, we we've been critical of the women's division. We, you also said you saw, you liked a lot of what you saw out of the women on TV tonight. So that's why I want to get your take first. Yes. I liked a lot of what I saw out of the women. And I liked a lot of the announcements that we got uh, regarding rampage and ROH title unification, which we'll get into later. But mm-hmm. I thought this match was really strong. I'm with you. And they had another street fight that was not like that was very in the ring based. <laughs> I forget where it was. It might've been one of the ones in newer, but um, I, I am also like, if you're going to be a street fight, you got to go out into the streets, man. But yep. I thought there were some really great spots in this. Serena was very creative offensively in this. The the front bump off the kendo stick I thought was really cool. The reversal with the kendo stick I thought was really cool. I was also surprised by the booking. I just assumed it's the blow off. The baby face was probably going to win. But then as soon as I saw Thunder Rosa watching the TV, Im- improperly, by the way, not nearly enough of a slant. She really needs to work on that. Uh <laughs> I was like, oh, duh, that, that makes sense. She don't move on to something else. And Serena has momentum going into a feud with Thunder Rosa, which obviously interests me greatly. Um, so I, I thought this was great. I think this is probably the best women's feud that they've had that hasn't involved a title at any point. And now that I'm saying that, I'm like, it might be like one of the only longstanding feuds <laughs> that didn't involve a title. Um Except for the stuff they were doing with the that the tag stuff with Tay and Anna Jay and Bunny and Penelope. That went on a really long time. Um, but I I really enjoyed this feud. I actually think Sheeta has come a really long way in, in her in-ring storytelling. I thought it was very weird that JR called her Americanized. <laughs> that threw me the fuck off. That was real weird. Um, noting her change in style to, I think, resonate more with an American audience. But I think she's really put in a lot of work that is paying off now of being able to connect with American audiences. I think Serena Deep is a a great person to help that come along. Um, But she's doing a lot more in-ring storytelling with facial expressions and, and stuff like that, which is really refreshing to see. And I don't know, I've really liked pretty much this entire feud from from the get. I feel like it probably could have happened over a shorter period of time for four matches, but I'm glad that they did it. And this was one of those feuds that came out of the last tournament that we were talking about, right? So that's really good to see too. This was very encouraging. The complaints with Sheeta are rarely her technical ability and Serena Deep is great all around. So I, I think we knew in ring wise it would be good. Um, and having the unsanctioned style or whatever I think was helpful in making it feel like it was a big deal. Having a blow off in the nine o'clock slot and not the nine thirty death slot was also refreshing. So 
some encouraging signs in the women's division. And as far as what was in front of me as well, I thought a, a, a really solid wrestling match, really good stuff. And um glad to see that Serena looks like she'll be heading into the title picture because she's phenomenal. And I think her and Thunder Rosa are going to have a hell of a time. I think that'll be really fun. Couple of things to note, Schlong, before we get to you. Uh, one, Mark Quill said it was thirteen eleven for Sheeta and Deeb three oh five, picture in picture time. So pretty good length of a match for live television for the women. I feel like we generally see shorter matches, mm-hmm. so they did give them time tonight. And Especially Kyle, if you're a street fight, you don't want one of those sure. to be too much longer for for men or women like that. Sure, that's too much. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle K. Sparks also reminds us that. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, blah, 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 blah. That's a good point, though, here. that Serena is that way. Deeb ended Rose's NWA women's title run in October of 2020. I have a feeling that will come up for sure, uh, Kyle. You know, we know that the history is there. They will, they will definitely remind the AEW galaxy that that's what happened. Schlong, the third thing I want to remind you before getting your take on this was, uh, or not remind you, but I'm not sure if you noticed, you were perfectly aligned before your camera shifted with uh doink's wig i'm not sure if that was by design. oh i, I did <laughs> i i tried it i i've been trying all night but unfortunately it requires sitting still for a while so that's why it gets shifted but if i can line it up i try to it was perfect anyway go ahead schlong what'd you think um so i think to, to address one thing kate said about stretching this out wasn't she to actually legitimately hurt for a little while there though i think that oh, was you're part right. of reason you're right so, yeah she was injured that makes sense um, but overall, this has, like Kate said, this has been the best women's feud that didn't involve a title in a long time. I wonder if, see, part of me goes, do, do they tone down the violence because they've been so violent recently? Maybe tone it down. But then, of course, you have the people online, look, Discovery's taken over. I don't buy that at all. I think in reality, it's that neither of these two women really scream violence at that level. I don't think you're, you were ever going to get it from these two. Um, nor should you need it. I think this was the perfect amount. I think for them, a street fight is just more like I can do whatever I want. Like there's no, I could throw powder in your eyes. I could hit you with a kendo stick. Sounds I, don't need... I think they picked the town or, or state name to pop you know, the audience, the Philly one, the Texas yeah. death match. Like <laughs> it's just unsanctioned. Yeah. It's just an unsanctioned, which is fine. You, they don't always have to be the most violent thing, especially when you have two wrestlers who aren't violent in that way. They're, just in ring violent in terms of like being overly technical strikers. Um, Deep Rosa might be the first. I mean, Rosa Britt Baker obviously was a real story, but this might, besides that, be one of the most real best challenger stories that we've had in the women's division. I mean, there's a history, it's based on rankings, it's what people want to see, and it's just all logically booked. Like, this isn't a challenger of the month. This is someone who's been built up over time, who's coming out of a major feud with an ex champion. Like it, it all, it all makes perfect sense. I'm very excited. And they had so many good matches when they were, when they were going at each other, like, you know, it's going to be good. Um, so I, I really liked everything we saw here. Um, I'm curious to see where Sheeta goes next. She's, she kind of lost the title and then lived in this deep feud for a while um, between her injury, just not doing anything when she lost just showing up on dark and all. Then she went and got, training and acting and stuff which kate said has really paid off um she could be a a boon to their non-title stories if they if they're prepared to use her properly like they did with deep so hopefully they are um 
I know Ant makes Ant doesn't really dig her too much, but I I think she's fantastic. I think she's been getting. I think her biggest problem historically, and I think the reason Ant didn't like her was she she didn't know anything about her. She just she didn't show up. She yeah. I just I find a lot of the Japanese female wrestlers boring, and I honestly find the same thing with some of the Japanese men. The style's just different. Um, there are very few of the Japanese men's wrestlers that I like, and I couldn't tell you them off the, the names off the top of my head, to be honest. Like I, I, you know, if I'm sitting watching a new Japan show, like I'd be like, okay, yep. Him. He's good. You know, all that stuff. I'm not an aficionado. And the same thing. She definitely has worked to be American though. Like she, she has, she has certainly updated her style to be more friendly to the American audience. I think another person who did that well was Asuka. Right. Um, Unfortunately, she's just stuck in fucking limbo in the company she's at. But I mean, it's just, you know, I, deep, not deep. I'm sorry. Sheeta is definitely getting better. Still not my cup of tea, but we've seen better things out of her recently. I, I do agree. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with her. I know we're really cl- close to the start of this tournament. Uh, I don't know if they maybe decide to slide her into the tournament. <clears throat> I don't know if everybody who's in the tournament actually has to qualify either. That's the other thing. They never really um they never really said if all of the seeds had to qualify, right? So if they aren't doing seeds or if they are doing participants who um didn't have to qualify, they surely could put Sheeta into the mix. But I don't know what yeah, they'll do from they there. didn't really I also want to point out and I've said this before in the past but I'm going to say it again every now and again your internet freezes and then you your audio plays catch up and you say, sound like the guy who used to sell micro machines uh you the same thing happens on my end I just don't uh address it so thanks <laughs> no problem it's actually real fun and a couple of people in the chat talked about Asuka yeah she did just return um to a feud with Becky which will be great because that'll pick up where a story left off um, yeah, I mean, if Jade drops, you automatically have a heel that a former champion could go after. I don't know if that's the best move, but I think the tournament will be good. Like, I'm, I'm hoping that, like, I say it all the time, tournaments are, like, the perfect way to set up storylines that have nothing to do with winning the tournament. Like, <laughs> you can set them up right there. It's the easiest thing in the world. New Japan runs all of their programming off of it. It's great. In real sports... How many things get just an underdog wins? Like, right? It's it's, it's such an easy way to do it. So we'll see. Uh, but in, encouraging developments today. I, I do want to point out. Gordon Post made a good comment in the chat. Kate, you you said the word unsanctioned a few times. If on if this match was unsanctioned, the loss wouldn't count. This was a sanctioned match. It was unsanctioned, quote unquote, for the rules. Right. So they just don't um, like to say no DQ. Right. Yeah. They do anything they can do to say no rules or no holds barred or stuff like that. They just call it a street fight or a death match or something like that. There's always those tiny stipulations. So just just so we're clear for the Mark Order Galaxy listening out there. Also, Asian Joe asked, who are the guardians of the AEW Galaxy? Uh, the Mark Order podcast. We all know that, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think no. clearly... We are, uh, Schlong is certainly Groot. Um, uh, I don't remember all their Not names. Not Star Lord? Do no. the Groot dance. I could, What's the I Groot would, dance? 
I would have to say I'll be Star Lord because I try to fucking leave no, this no, ragtag. No, you're, bunch. you're 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 if anything you're Gamora. No, uh, I think Kate is clearly Gamora. No, because Gamora's Not serious because and Gamora... tries to get and keep keep things on track, whereas Star Lord's all over the fucking place. I don't know. Oh my God, I you guys Kate's are such killer. fucking nerds. Who cares? Kate, really? You Who you went on been... a rant about your baseball movies, and you're going to call us nerds? Yeah, because Bat- baseball movies are cool. Who is Batista? I can't remember the character's name. Uh, oh, I want to see that Drax. one. I love Batista. Drax, that is certainly Matt. Yes. That Good. is maybe the best fit. Someone we're said also I'm seeing Rocket. his Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, we're. I, I just saw that. Marky Are we the Mark Cleveland Tiffany. Guardians? No, nobody Cleveland? wants to be that. Anyway, moving on in the night, some of the big news that came out of the of Dynamite. MJF and Sean Spears are being interviewed backstage by Lexi Nair. MJF uh, calls her Lisa, I believe, and she corrects him. And MJF basically yells at her to to get out of his frame, and she leaves. That's when he gets his phone out to make a phone uh, a call, and he asks the man on the on the line uh, how he'd feel about making six figures for one match, and says that next week. Wardlow's going to fight someone uh, smarter, stronger, and who's seven feet tall. And you can't teach that. So I don't know who this mystery man is. I can't believe he's fighting Enzo. Well, I mean, I didn't think Enzo was seven feet tall, but. That's the weird part. Totally weird. It's. it's going to be interesting to see who this mystery man is. I don't know if you guys have figured it out. I sure haven't. Jonathan so, well, it's got to be. He's tall. He's so tall. He's so so tall. tall. So we'll see next week. Uh, the fun part too. I don't know. If, I know Ryan is um, wrestling TMZ, but Lindsay, Lexi Nair, and Morrissey are dating. So I didn't yelled, know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> he yelled at her to get out of frame to announce that her boyfriend was coming in for. Uh, a one-off, which I'm I'm good with it for a one-off. He's never struck me as someone that I'm like, he's not even in my top 10 of people I would like to see signed there. Um, but I think for a one-off, that could be really, really fun. Yeah, he's having a good run at, at Impact. So to give him a minute, like a one-off here isn't... He has a, he'll, he's known, he looks good, and he seems to have really turned himself around and, and really be doing well. And like I said, his Impact run's been fun. So it's it's a good one-off. And plus, you can't teach that. You can't. And it is just, I find it interesting that it is an impact uh, wrestler. And, you know, this impact crossover thing was done. And I'm not saying they're starting up an impact crossover thing, but just interesting that that door is still open, uh, I guess, to having some impact talent come in and work. So should be interesting. We'll see next week. Good. uh, And another, you know, another monster for Wardlow to look strong against uh if that is what happens maybe uh maybe it doesn't wind up being uh w morrissey we'll see there are plenty of others seven feet it, tall. it would be marco stunt that is oh i wish too. i wish that's clearly the way i think they're gonna go when uh when christian turns right how they're fucking funny would marco it be stunt though stunt. if marco stunt just comes out on stilts Oh, it'd be so much fun. I don't need him on stealth. I need him to come out exactly as he is, thinking he's seven foot two. Okay. Yeah. It, it, oh, he's can. So this is going back to uh, what the fuck was uh, Bob Holly's cousin's name? Um, Crash Holly thing where he thought he was a heavyweight and he weighed like 180 pounds. 
Perfect. Yeah, that would work. I just want to see Matt lose his mind. Yeah. Losing my sight, losing my mind. Wish somebody would tell me I'm fine. Coming back from commercial, perpetual loser Fuego Del Sol's laid out on the ramp in a spotlight. Actually, this song is perfect into this storyline. Malachi Black walks up, kneels over him uh, as Brody King and Buddy Matthews help him up. And Black goes to take his mask off when a robed man who sounds a lot like Alex Abrahantes appears in the ring to tell them uh, that uh, a mask is sacred. And if he messes with Fuego, he's going to get burned. And he says they've been waiting for the right moment to blindside him. And that's when um, they go to the ring. House of Black goes to the ring. To... Well, I don't want to cut you off, Ant. Yeah. But I moved, and this is really frightening for me. <laughs> yeah. Just to see that over my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, Not you're there. creepy. It's creepy. Let's you move and Doink are both creeps. Don't move. You're perfectly aligned with the with the wig. Yeah, yeah. Stay. Um, you're a clown. It works. Um, so uh the House of Black goes to the ring to uh get to the robed man. That's when Penta Oscura shows up on the ramp, followed by Pac, and then Alex Abrahantes. And uh that's when the robed man takes off his cloak to reveal he's Ray Phoenix uh behind the House of Black. He takes a swing with a shovel, misses. That's when Buddy Matthews uh, takes it away, but Phoenix uh, is able to hit him with a massive super kick and a springboard uh, a, a springboard uh, maneuver. I don't remember exactly what he hit him with, if it was his ass or if his hip or whatever. Uh, but they are able to take out Buddy. The Death Triangle do stand tall, um, and then they are able to run the ropes and dive uh, to take out the House of Black on the outside. So clearly, uh, it looks like Ray Phoenix is back after what we thought was a terrible, terrible injury. I believe going all the way back to Newark um, for their last show. Um, so Where Phoenix, Jurassic Express went over, actually, right? That is right. That is when they won. Uh, so Phoenix is back. He looks great. Uh, Pac is back. I don't know where the fuck he was, but he's back. So it will be fun to see what they line up for the House of Black and the uh, Triangulo de la Muerte. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to call out about this. Listen, it's going to fucking rule. Yes. <laughs> I feel bad for Fuego. I don't. Man got That's killed off screen. Off screen deaths are the the worst. Um, I don't care what you say. Targeting Fuego is a is a smart move. But that's neither here nor there. I like that. I, it, I forgot until tonight that Ray Phoenix went out before the, um, the Triangle started their feud with Tales of Black. So I forgot like that trio hasn't actually gone against. So it makes sense to bring back Pac and Penta against House of Black. Like you're not repeating it. You're bringing it. You're, you're bringing in the missing piece. Like they fought him without. They fought House of Black without him, and now he's back. And he is such a huge piece of them. I also love Abrahanta's being like, "I've been dressing like an idiot to fool you," and that that <laughs> right. that, that that just made me really happy. And and again, I know you guys hate on Fuego, but there is something evil about tar- targeting the most positive guy in the company. Um. So like when you guys target me, it makes you evil. Um. So yeah. He just only ever dies. That's the thing. Well, everybody dies. Everybody dies. All right. 
So we do get an interview backstage with uh, Shane Strickland, Swerve, and Darby Allen. We're basically lining up a uh, qualifying match coming up on Rampage. Uh, so we're building to that show, uh, that match on Friday's Rampage. We'll cover the Rampage card and next week's Dynamite as we get to the end here. This does lead into the 10-man tag match. It's uh, the Undisputed Elite, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Matt, and Nick Jackson versus the team of Brock Anderson, Dante Martin, Lee Johnson, and the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman, and Griff Garrison. Uh, cutting to the end here, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, go ahead, Schlong. Listen, we're all South Park fans, so we all have to appreciate that Gordon Post put out there that Fuego is the Kenny of AEW. <laughs> That's very true. The Kenny McCormick, not the Kenny Omega. Correct. No, yeah, no, the Kenny McCormick. Oh, you my bastard. God. House of Black Kill Kenny. You bastards. I wish they would have ripped his goddamn mask off. Show the he disrespect. Is, he, I've seen his face before. Who hasn't? Uh, but I mean, like I saw it was on, he was on WWE without a mask. You know who else was on TV without a mask and he looked like a giant man baby? Ray Mysterio Jr. Yeah. I can't even. Not. Looked like a man baby. Anyway, um, getting through this match, the Undisputed Elite win by pinfall with the boom from Adam Cole on Lee Johnson. It should be noted that pre-match, everybody except for the Bucks came out wearing their Undisputed Elite t-shirts, but post-match, um, Redragon pass out shirts, uh, and everybody put them on, including the Jackson, and they pose as a group. So right now it looks like all is well in the world with the Undisputed Elite. Um, I don't know. I guess this match was okay just to solidify the group, but you know, I don't really know what it was supposed to accomplish here. I think we're clearly leading to something at the forbidden door, maybe double or nothing. Maybe we see Kenny return at forbidden door. I know I read something, um, late last week or early this week, uh, that basically put a timetable on when Kenny can return. And it's unlikely it seems that he'll be back for double or nothing, but more likely that he could appear at um, at Forbidden Door. And that's really only because of all his surgeries. Like he really hadn't had all of them done or wasn't able to get them done uh, at the same time. So uh, he's still working through injury, you know, and kind of coming back fully healthy. So yeah, he had uh, vertigo, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the hernia, too, I, I believe. The hernia, so, his gut, his knees, his shoulders. This guy was a he was a broken man. It's gonna take oh, yeah. a minute. <laughs> I think that was the last one, the hernia surgery that he was hanging on. Um, and it wasn't because he was putting it off. It probably just couldn't get it scheduled. Plus, you um, can't rehab certain things if you get the hernia yeah. surgery first. So he probably yeah. wanted to be able to rehab a shoulder, rehab a knee, it's and insane. then after they're rehabbed, then you get the hernia done. Yeah, so anyway, I don't really know what this is meant to accomplish besides showing, hey, the group is the band's back together, right? Um, and we know I that liked the shirt, the shirt was okay. And I know too, the don't forget that uh, Cole and um, the switchblade last week made it a big deal that this was going to be all about the uh, the elite and the bullet club. So, um, I think that's kind of why we're we're heading this way, but. An okay match. I don't think we thought that the underdogs were going to win, right? So I, I thought Brock is. Anderson was going to take over. He was going to, you know, pull out some sweet moves and just win the whole match. 
You know, I would love to get more of Armed Anderson. They need to go back to Armed Anderson, him pointing his gun at people. Because that was a fun period. Remember that couple months? Arn and his Glock, of course. I got my Glock. That was fantastic. Anyway, I don't know if you guys want to talk, uh, mention anything about this match, but it, no, to me Dante, it was what Dante it was. Dante and friends were fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, Dante just continuing to just be a, a star on the rise. And they even, something I should call out that they, they, uh, they did mention during this match uh was i think before the match started the commentary said something like the the 30 year old group in this company is just stacked and the under 30 contingent is is there you go um thank you for for giving me the right terminology yes uh and i would have to agree you know look at the talent that was on that side of the ring are they all stars no but certainly just a stacked under 30 roster when you look at the depth of talent that they have. So, I don't know what you mean. You have Brock Anderson over there. Yeah, all-star okay. Brock Anderson. My apologies. Brock, um, I have the personality of a wet sponge Anderson. Lukewarm glass of milk, Brock Anderson. <laughs> Yay. <sighs> um, so after the match, they do go backstage and the Jericho Appreciation Society have laid out Ortiz and Santana, and they have Eddie Kingston being held. And that's when Jericho throws a fireball into Eddie's face. My favorite part of this is Ruby Soho comes running like she's going to be able to do something. I don't understand. But fireball. God bless. She's keeping CM Punk and Eddie Kingston away from each other. She's just there to break up melees. Um, There was a little... Twitter debate going on about whether a fireball was necessary. And the person I know that hates the Jericho Appreciation Society the most and is fully aware he's being worked by it um, was like, it is the most sports entertainer way to try and hurt someone. Thank you. That was <laughs> it's so true. It's perfect. If you stop talking it. right there, Kate, I was going to say, yeah, you do need a fireball because that's entertainment. Oh, for sure. And he, his dislike of, of it is how effective it is. He's like, I'm totally getting worked. Like, I hate that Daniel Garcia is anywhere near this, which is the point. Um, so he's fully aware of that in, in the process. But he was like, that, what is more of a sports entertainment way to try and hurt someone than with a fireball? And someone was like, do we really need a fireball? And I was like, why wouldn't you need a fireball? Of course you need a fireball. They should have been doing fireball shots. And eating fireball candies while fireballing this fireball. Yeah. More fire, more balls. That's what I say. That's entertainment. That's right. For the last seven weeks, your standard in sports entertainment. I should have fucking known who you were talking about, Kate, when you said the most person I know <laughs> who, who hates JS. My the Tuesday most. no my Tuesday night co-host. Hates it. Well, because I knew I knew Phil in, Lindsay in did the tweet about why was there a fireball? Because I saw it myself. And then I should have fucking known it was Alice Pulaski. Of course. Sorry. All good. Uh, so, guys, they do hype up the cards for Friday and next week. We'll get there. Let's get through the rest of the show. Uh, we get into our main event. Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky for the AEW TNT Championship in a ladder match. Uh, we This match saw a lot of stuff. It saw uh, a ladder that had barbed wire wrapped around uh the rungs uh i can tell you that is likely not osha approved uh so 
I don't know who did that, but it's definitely not OSHA certified. Um, we saw uh, a little melee between Paige Van Zant and everybody's favorite Tay Conti. Um, so we saw Dan Lambert get involved and get kicked in the crotch uh, by Tay. So it featured a little bit of everything, but I think what everybody was hoping came true. I know I was hoping this. Scorpio Sky is able to get the title uh, by knocking Sammy off the ladder, not once, but twice at the end uh, to reclaim his AEW TNT championship. He's now a two-time championship after losing it next week or last week, excuse me. Um, Post-match, Frankie Kazarian comes down uh, to square up with Scorpio Sky and remind him basically that he's owed a title shot scorpio shakes his hand or they do their little you know uh high five handshake and um scorpio sort of acknowledges that holds the title high that's the end of the show uh so guys here's the one thing i just don't understand why end the streak take the title off scorpio just to give it back to him next week schlong has a has a an hypothesis schlong I would like Evil to know eye looking over thinking. my shoulder. No, because I the as soon as this was done, my mind went, "Oh, so they clearly had Sky lose the title, and Sammy went to facilitate the double switch." That literally, so they realized that that Sammy was getting booed, and they realized that Sky was getting cheered, and they said, "We need to just confirm this switch. What's the easiest way? We'll do a quick flip flop of the title because it it, it was effective. I mean, it, it fully established Sky as the heel, as uh, the the, the babyface, and Sammy as the heel." So I'm pretty sure that's exactly why they did it. it. Was it was, it seems it seems cheap for the title a little bit, but I think you can forgive it if you give Sky a bunch of defenses now because now he's face, so he should have the open challenge again. So if you give Scorpio Sky a bunch of good defenses, um, you'll forget that this flip flopped a bit, and his the pop he got for winning it was what he deserved. So I I really truly believe that they were seeing the reactions, wanted to facilitate the double facilitate the double switch, and thought the easiest way was just do the title thing and truthfully it worked i mean sammy was a heel before but then he got mega heel by winning that title and sky became mega face because of the situation so it's not perfect but i see why they did it yeah i just hate them having to use the title like that because they generally don't do that with this company Right. Like they let guys go on runs and we don't just hand it back and forth. I hope that they don't continue to do that with this belt. Um, But, you know, listen, if it's getting me to Scorpio versus Kazarian, I'll take it because those guys are great when they work together. The pride of the West, SCU, and they're going to be in L.A. So that makes sense. Buddy, when... Ethan Page, when Scorpio Sky gives a promo and says anybody who wants a shot at this and Ethan Page walks down, that's going to be a moment. I think I don't feel like the hot potato was necessary either, but it does clarify a lot of things. It does cement Sammy as a heel. It does cement Scorpio as a face and having a TNT title holder that's like as pure of a baby face as Scorpio Sky is going to be, I think, hopefully switches this back to an open challenge title. I thought the match itself was really fun. The only spot I didn't like was when they climbed to the top of the ladders with their respective women on their backs, and they were just basically got all the way up there to tussle each other's hair. I loved, loved, loved Sammy 
doing the spot that Sammy and Cody did in the Cody role with that uh, jumping off the ladder into the cutter was such a fun little callback. What an awesome, awesome move. Um, because the whole criticism was he stepped right into the Cody role this whole time, right? What a fun piece of storytelling in this match. Um, oh, real quick, can we almost talk about can we talk about how Sammy almost killed himself? Which well, the first move that he missed? Uh, yeah, where he clearly thought he was going to get more distance off the ladder and basically somersaulted down on top of his neck and Scorpio, you could clearly see like running in to try to catch him and it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. He, he he missed that bad. I mean, it looks cool as fuck when you realized he was okay. But yeah, no, but... that was scary and not not how that was intended at all. That was bad. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you, Kate. I totally forgot to bring that up before. No, 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 no. That was worth mentioning. That was a scary spot. Um, but yeah, I don't love what happened the past couple of weeks with it, but it, I like where it. I like where the payoff is now. If Scorpio is going to be a face, he delivered a promo without Dan Lambert's help. He was just kind of standing there like a weird hockey dad in the background. That's fine. Um, I think you're going to see Sky and, and Ethan Page have a hell of a feud at the end of this. And I think you're going to get SCU in, in California. What a fun way to go out there. Um, but Sky deserves this. And I think now you're going to get an actual run out of him. I'm just hoping because he's going to be such a bonafide face that we get back to like open challenge style stuff. Because I just think that is the best value of this belt that you could have. Real, real quick, Kate. Question, and I'm, I'm I'm fully with you. So I want Ethan pa- Gordon Post is asking, do we see Ethan Page training on Scorpio Sky? I think all of us kind of do. My question is, how many defenses do you want him to have before Ethan Page walks out and is like, it's my turn? It's just it's there's no right answer. I'm just curious, like what you're like what you would view as like a good run for the TNT. I don't know. I think you let stories and pay per view dictate it because I don't actually think the next thing is for the title to go from sky to page i think page costs sky in some way and the title goes to let's for fun say it goes to swerve and then the feud that you have off of that has nothing to do with the belt and it's ethan page and scorpio sky for give me that for 110 years like i don't think that's going to need it because i think it's going to be so personal so i don't think the number of defenses matter because i don't think it's going to be the belt switching hands to page yeah but one of my point being like he's going to lose the belt because of it so how many defenses do you want him to have before he loses it uh four to six months worth maybe like i think he should okay. have a, a real real run with it so i was i was thinking somewhere about six law uh six defenses which would give him about four to six months because a couple of month at the way uh AEW books the TNT. Yeah, that that sounds good to me. Yeah, I think you have to give it time to build, right? I think you have to give if if the, that's where this is going, and I think we all think it is. I just think that they need to build that um, resentment, right, between Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and I think it's it can be done, you know, in uh, the right way, you know. Ethan Page is saying, you know, hey, uh, I know we're friends, but I really kind of want a shot at this. And maybe Scorpio keeps putting him off like, hey, man, like, you know, when the time's right, like, I think, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to ruin anything. And and that kind of resentment builds like, you know, Page. Well, what, what if you have what if you have Ethan Page be, be like the second contender? Scorpio barely eke out a win in almost like a fluky fashion. And then that's what starts the resentment of Ethan Page that he was right there. 
I don't need to see that. I'd rather actually slow. I'd rather actually have him keep putting him off for one reason or the other, right? And not giving him a shot. And then but is finally... but isn't that more of a heel tactic to keep putting a guy off? I think if you're putting him off in the right way to be like, hey, we're we're boys, we're partners. Like I don't want to do that, right? Like it, that can come off not heelish, right? Like that doesn't necessarily bother me. And I wouldn't see that as a heel tactic unless he was like running from him. Right. A lot of times the heels run from the pressure. Um, so I, I think they could do that the right way. I think guy also gets a bunch of other accolades and he just gets, Ethan Page just gets mad about what's in this partnership for me. Yeah. I'm not worried about that at all. They, they know how to fill in the gaps with that stuff. I think Ethan Page does it about as well as anybody. So I'm not worried about how that story shakes out at all. I was just curious. Well, it's going to be fun to see how they get there. I think they're going to get there. And at some point, Dan Lambert's going to exit the picture with Scorpio Sky as well. So we'll see how we get there. I think we're all excited for that. And that's the show for the night. That is Dynamite. Uh, They did tell us Rampage this week. We'll get an Owen Cup qualifier. We know Swerve versus Darby Allin. Hook and Danhausen will have an uh, a, a confrontation. So they didn't say match. The card said a face to face confrontation. So we'll see what that looks like. Uh, we'll get the baddies: Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, and Kira Hogan versus Willow Nightingale, Trisha Dora, and Sky Blue. Uh, Colton Gunn will get murdered by Keith Lee, <laughs> and then we will have a Ring of Honor TV Championship match. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Trent Beretta. Uh, That's going to so, be ridiculous. Yeah, that will be good. <laughs> and they both have ties back to Ring of Honor, right? And and the video package they did around that was perfect. Like Trent saying how, you know, uh, I've got a past in Ring of Honor, but I never won any gold, you know. So I think that th- that's a nice little build. Also, Samoa Joe with the great quote on saying, like, you know, you measure a man based on his... Uh, friendships and you are rich, you know, uh, with friends. So I, I think that can be a lot of fun. The bigger news for me was the first match they announced for Dynamite next week the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship unification match, Deanna Perrazzo versus Mercedes Martinez. I did not think we would see that on AEW television. So I have a theory there, but we'll get, give me a minute, we'll get there. We're also going to get Wardlow versus MJF's mystery opponent. I wonder who it's going to be. And we're also going to get an Owen Cup qualifier, Bobby Fish versus Jeff uh, Hardy. So here's my the thoughts. Old around man match. The, yes, the old <laughs> men. Um, so here's why I think I was a little surprised about that Deanna match is, well, one, I don't think we thought we'd get it um, on AEW television like for free. That I don't mind. Um, but I'm thinking maybe we're getting it on TV because we don't have a, a television deal or something in place immediately, right? So maybe they have to kind of give us this match. They want to get Deanna on TV. But I also think it means Deanna's signed, sealed, and delivered here. Um, I feel like she didn't... I feel like she resigned not that long ago to Impact. But who knows? People... People buy out. Impact's deals are really weird. I'm not sure. But I think a unification match being on AEW t- 
television makes a lot of sense because it's a unification match. Then you have your clarified champions going forward, right? Like, so, so that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, I'm just surprised they like gave us something that we wanted in the women's division on television, to be honest. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, a lot of compelling women's television coming up. But I think that's that's going to be a great match. They've had great matches together in the past. I've seen them at independent shows. I think they had one on Impact as well, if I remember correctly. Um, so I'm very hopeful about that. I, I think that's going to be fantastic. And I think that's nice because I think now all of your ROH championships are clarified there's no more unification there's no more there's nothing hanging out there like ftr and the briscoes was like everything is Mm -hmm. super super clarified once that's taken care of um so that's i i think that's wonderful news for a lot of reasons that i i would hope that diana is signed that would be excellent news as well yeah kyle kispark saying um he thinks Mercedes has to pick up the win. Deanna's tied to impact. I don't see that changing. Yeah, I just, I don't know. You never can say never if they buy out a contract or maybe they work out some sort of deal, right? I mean, she Impact she puts titles on people that aren't signed there all the time, and they also do appearance deals, so it's just hard to, it's, the, the impact t- contract picture is very blurry. Yeah, so we'll see. I think that... Um, Ring of Honor and AEW would benefit from having a, a female wrestler like Diana as part of their stable. So I think you do anything possible to try to to get her as part of your company. If that's buying her out or that's what um, they did with Rosa and NWA. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So guys, some news and notes from the past week. Um while nothing has been set in stone for the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, the expectation is most of the matches. Uh, will be AEW versus New Japan, but nothing's locked or set in stone at all yet. Uh, you know, it it could feature those intra-company matches, but I think that's maybe what people are sort of looking for with that announcement, right? You have AEW versus New Japan, uh, but who knows? They can go a lot of different ways, um, a lot of different ways with that. So uh, just worth noting. Uh, there was also rumors that... Um, that Darius Martin recently suffered an injury again and is out. Um, the rumor was for an extended period of time, although Darius did go uh, on Twitter and said that what he's dealing with has nothing to do with wrestling, but he's glad to see uh, everyone else seems to know more than uh, about my health than I do. Uh, so not really sure what's going on with Darius, although this is the second week where we haven't seen him on TV and Dante still appearing. So I uh, don't know what's going on. There's a lot of competing reports out there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there were also rumors. I think this is the other thing I saw. Rumor was Daniel Garcia was originally talked to be part of the Blackpool Combat Club. And I think we had all kind of hoped that was going that way. But um the word is that Jericho handpicked uh, Garcia to sort of join his little club. So, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that's true. Again, rumors, a lot of he said, he said stuff. But I love what Garcia is doing right now. So I don't awesome. need him to shift to Blackpool Combat Club or anything like that yet. I think the Appreciation Society is better than the Blackpool Combat Club for him. Um, he had already kind of established himself as such a badass wrestler. This is helping his uh, personality side of things, which I think makes him a, a more well-rounded 
I think it'll make him a more well-rounded uh, character in the future. So I think for him, this was perfect. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's just perfect for him right right now. I think prior to the, com- or, sorry, prior to the Jericho Appreciation Society, you know, he was like that um, very uh, serious wrestler, right? Like the Red Death, Daniel Garcia, always serious in the ring. Now seeing him play this other side is just fantastic. I love it so goddamn much. I think the payoff will be that he goes to the the Blackpool Combat Club anyway. Like, I think we'll, yeah, we'll eventually get to that point. point. But like, sure. this is, I'm having fun with this. Why not? This is perfect. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that happened over the week was uh, Gresham got pulled from the Impact pay-per-view. Um, he, uh, at some point uh, in his match with Dalton Castle, um, uh, apparently uh, maybe suffered from a minor concussion. He was uh, checked for concussions after the match. Um, he was, it's believed he was injured uh, uh, by the gut wrench suplex. Uh, and Gresham was also pulled from matches uh, for progress on April 17th and 18th. Clearly those dates are passed, but um, you know, uh, he was also removed from, from rebellion. So hopefully Gresham is not uh, dealing he, with something. Go ahead. He wrestled that weekend. Uh, I was reading on Twitter when that happened. They think the reason he was pulled from rebellion, he did have the concussion, but then he wrestled for an, an indie promotion. They think that, uh, the where rebellion was held is under the a certain athletic commission and they think they're the reason they cut it they wouldn't because of how close the concussion was they just refused to let him wrestle well either way let's hope it's nothing long-term for gresham because the more we see him on tv the better um so um we'll see what happens with gresham next nothing scheduled for aew but i'm sure they're just trying to figure out what's going on with ring of honor guys Pat Buck is working for AEW. Uh, that's been confirmed. Um, he left uh, the WWE following WrestleMania 38 after oh, two or more years working as a producer and talent relations uh, rep. Um, uh, I think he also produced Ron Rousey versus Charlotte Flair and co- uh, that was co-produced by him, I should say. Um and also, or I'm sorry, let me get this straight. He produced the Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair match, co-produced the unification match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, uh, and now um, he put up a tweet saying life is short, work somewhere else, uh, and him kind of superimposed over AEW. So it looks like he's uh, working with AEW. Probably a better schedule for him because he can, you know, spend time at AEW. They do one show typically a week. Uh, and he can spend time with his family and do other stuff. So looks like Pat Bucks with the uh, AEW. Hope he does a better job producing matches in AEW than the ones you mentioned for Mania. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> and then again, we mentioned the big news of the evening was that Hangman Adam Page was out of Dynamite tonight. His exact tweet was, Dynamite is tonight at 8 p.m. on tbs but i will not be on there because my face is full of covid snot sorry please enjoy regardless so let's hope hangman adam page gets over his covid quickly uh and we can get him back on television building to this double or nothing pay-per-view uh with what kate believes is a heel turning cm punk 
Oh, I think it's going to be baby face until the match, and then he's got to do something sneaky. Get those well, booze raining down on him. You know, he, he can play both. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But, guys, that's all the news and notes I got this week. Anybody have any other news or notes? Anything you want to discuss? No. Nope. All right. Well, we know Matt's not here, but Monday nights you can check him out on The Shining Wizards, 7 p.m. Monday nights. Um, well, uh, I was listening for a part of Monday night, and, of course, they bait and switched us, Kate. No, mm-hmm. Maria Canellis. I know. That's a B-show tactic, if you ask me. That is a B-show tactic. That's exactly what that is. We would never do that on the A-show. No, never. We're truthful about everything. Um, So check out Matt Monday nights uh, and uh, Wednesday nights here when when his schedule allows it. He's starting to get into the busy season, so we might not catch him here on a lot of Wednesdays. But we love when he's here, so stay tuned. Uh, Hey, maybe we'll have some guests, who knows, over the summer when Matt can't be here. Kate, when you're not here and you're not sleeping, what are you doing? (laughs) I wish I was sleeping more. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Miss Kate Vabe. You can catch me on Tuesdays during whatever the fuck we do after NXT 2.0. It's mostly a weird variety show now. Uh, After that NXT on uh, Fightful YouTube, you can also catch me here every Wednesday. And Fridays on AEW Rampage and SmackDown Review on the main Fightful YouTube channel. And I've been invited on to just random episodes of Sour Graps uh, behind the paywall as well. So keep an eye out for that um, because sometimes Alex needs someone to be angry with at Raw and SmackDown. All right. Shlong, what are you doing when you're not here? Well, you can find me at Twitter at Miss Kate Fabe. Oh, um, on Mondays and Tuesdays, I am live tweeting Dark and Elevation. And by live tweeting, I mean just doing random thoughts about the wrestlers I'm watching on my screen. And I do that from the, the podcast Twitter, which is Mark Order Pod. The rest of the week, when I'm not here on Wednesday, I'm just at that Twitter. So if you want to engage in fun wrestling conversation, feel free. Or any conversation, I'm willing to have it. Um, other than that, just so schlong and good night. By the way, uh, I did uh, catch this before, and I forgot to mention it. Mark Quill, thank you for the reminder. Uh, There is AEW uh, video game news next Wednesday. Uh, I think they're going to uh, show some gameplay and maybe even give the title maybe a release date. So we'll see. Uh, But that is there. Sorry. I forgot about that, guys. Um, Everybody who's watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Mark Will, Kyle K. Sparks, Marky Mark K. Fabe. Everyone in the post. Mark Order Galaxy. Yes. Thank you. Everyone who's part of the Mark Order Galaxy. Um, so thanks for everybody who's watching along live. Uh, if you're listening to us in podcast form, we appreciate it. Just make sure if you're listening, uh, you rate, review, like, subscribe do whatever you need to do on the podcast uh platforms so it helps us show up in the um in the algorithms uh and if you have never tried watching us on uh the video format certainly give it a try head over to our youtube uh and uh check out all of the craziness uh last week uh schlong was not on camera for almost the whole show tonight it was nice not having to look at his uh his punum uh but you guys tonight he had uh his doink lined up so it looks like he's wearing a clown wig he tried to talk 
through Doink's mouth. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but then, Shlong, we're going to have to make that work because we can do like that old Conan bit. Remember when they would have the celebrities on? That's it? honestly what inspired me to do this. <laughs> we got to figure out a way to make it work. We can make it work. Um, so if you've never checked us out in video format, certainly do that. Check us out on YouTube. You can subscribe there uh, and watch the videos anytime. Uh, find us on our social at Mark Order Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, uh, YouTube, all that stuff. But uh, if you go to any of our socials, you can hit the link tree. You could find links to all of our social platforms. Subscribe to YouTube. Also, request free stickers, guys. We have these free stickers that you can get. All you got to do is hit the link tree. Hit that top button that says request free stickers. Give us your name, your address, the country social you live security in. number. No. Stop you and Kate spreading fake news. I'm going to call the PC police. <laughs> got her got him uh so send us that and then i will send out some of these free mark order podcast stickers you uh, were so sincere when you said it i'll send you your free stickers i'll send you your free stickers you don't have to worry about sending any postage or anything like that i'll send them anywhere in the world so hit us up just pay shipping uh, no, stop it with the fake news and the false narrative. I'm trying to control my narrative. <laughs> um, yeah, get your free stickers, uh, do all that fun stuff. And guys, stay tuned. We will hopefully have some news coming down the pipeline about fun stuff. In the Mark Order Galaxy, In about the Mark t-shirts galaxy. I promise you. I promise you. Our I, video game that we have. Hey, whoa, video game. That's that's not news we were supposed to release yet. Um, no, I can't. Leisure suit that. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> wow, a leisure suit Larry callback. Wow. Um, no, I can uh, honestly tell you guys, we are super close to t-shirts stay tuned because a lot of people have been talking about t-shirts we have them i have to just get the designs sent over and figured out once we get that all set up we'll put it in our link tree we'll let you guys know where you can go buy some shirts and do all that stuff. we're literally an email away from t-shirts. no i have to i have to work on some of the design stuff but i have oh, to get okay. the formats right so i just want to make sure that i don't send over the wrong thing and the t-shirts come <laughs> come out looking way fucked up uh so i'm working on that stay tuned guys it's coming um oh mark will the constellation of marks Ooh. i do like it kyle case marks also <laughs> made me corpse with his comment so twitter jack's about to deplatform you yeah yep <laughs> Well, it's going to be hard to do when Twitter Jack isn't there anymore, but it's true. It's okay. So guys, uh, that's it from us tonight. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll see who's here. Um, Kate, always a pleasure. Ryan, Thank you, sir. a lot of fun. Thank you, sir. Oh, Kate, aren't you doing a live wrestling show? By the way? Oh yeah. May 7th. <laughs> I'm at excite wrestling. Well, we got some time. Um, Text me word and not text me. Tweet me words for Kate to say. Yeah, tweet at Mark Order Pod for words to try and get into the Excite Wrestling broadcast. There, one of their head trainers actually passed away. So, um, Ooh. yeah, like super recently, thirty-seven years old. It's so young. Thirty-seven of a heart attack. Just really sad. 
Um, so that I think we'll be turning into a memorial show. So keep that in mind as you're tweeting your. So please, everyone, tweet come dumpster. Seriously, All right, easy. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll be back on the commentary desk on March seventh. There, that should be a lot of fun. So tune in on their Twitch. So, like uh, Kate and Ryan said, submit uh, words for Kate to say on uh, on broadcast for that show. And what we'll do, here's what we'll do, guys, right? If people send us stuff, we'll pick our favorites. I think we should pick our favorites. Kate can pick one. Ryan, you pick one. I'll pick one. Matt picks one, and we'll put up a poll. And then we'll go that way. I'm in. All right. So send us your words we'll keep track we'll pick words and then we'll put up a final poll yes matthew plus we're still recording we have to get to three hours we're stretching nobody likes you listen hey wait a minute no he's got a feud going with with to me on twitter i don't care i love being a heel to you all the time it's so much deal with so many of you in a given 24 hour period so much fun being a heel uh, I'm trying to get to Forbidden Door too, guys. So you know, let's uh, if we're serious about doing that, that's fine. But I got a couple irons in the fire, so we'll talk about it off there. If anybody's going to Forbidden Door, let us know. We, you know, if you want to give us tickets too, if anybody irons got a in the fire, seat. are those like spoons in the porch? You know, I wasn't gonna be a uh, party to gimmick infringement, but I guess so, Kate. Of who? That guy that comes around every so often. Oh, snap. <laughs> B-Show Matt. Who cares? B-Show Matt. B-Show billionaire Matt. <laughs> it's funny. Here he's millionaire Matt. On the B-Show, he could be billionaire Matt. He is yeah. inflating his numbers uh, for the other show. It must be exchange rate. Or, you know, just trying to look good over there. Well, either way. All right, guys. We're getting the fuck out of here. Uh, tune in next week for the Mark Order podcast. We love you all. We thank you for listening, and we will see you uh, next a week. the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.